He didn't slam you. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. And welcome everybody to Locked On iRacing. It is the year 2021 still. I'm sorry about that, everyone. It is season three, but barely because we're into week 11. I'm Peter Wilco Wilkinson, and I am joined by Braden Martin. How are you going, mate? Not too bad, thank you. It's uh, starting to get some nice weather. I even wore shorts today. Can you oh, believe it or not? I know, wow, right? Look at that. That's how we're talking. A few days Adelaide. enough sun, and uh, then we'll be back into rain. So it's, I'm enjoying it's like- it while it's lasting. It's like tomorrow is spring or something. It's crazy. Absolutely. Welcome, everybody, to the News and Results podcast. Glad you can join us today for, I don't know, the 30th episode or something. I can't remember how many we've done. I'll work it out one day. Uh, but, look, we want you to come join us in the Discord. Do that now. Lockedonlads.com slash Discord. Join us in the Discord. We haven't plugged that for a while. You really should. It's a good place to be. Uh, make sure you're subscribing to the podcast feed or the YouTube app if I put it up on there. And give us a review, comment on the podcast, whatever you can do. Let us know how it's going. Contact us at LockedOnLads.com if you want to reach out and let us know what we're doing or how we're doing it or anything like that. Or Facebook, Locked On Lads is another place to reach us. If you've got some news or some results you want us to cover, also Locked On Lads on Facebook is probably the best way. Just message us there. There is a number of people there that will read that and get in contact with you. So. Definitely do that. Shout out to the legends that are CD Symptography, Brewster.coffee, 24-7 Race Control, and driversclub.net.au. We will hear more about that later, though, in the podcast. Until then, Brayden, you've been racing and you've been watching F1 cars do parade laps and you've been doing all kinds of fun stuff. What have you been up to, mate? Yeah, well, it's funny, actually. I didn't watch the F1 cars do the parade laps. I, I smartly uh, decided uh, as a good friend of the uh, Discord and locked on racer himself, uh, Tim TC, Timmy Buckets, uh, we kind of went, look, we can sort of see where this is going. I think we just call it a night. He was like, this isn't going to work. Um, <laughs> we were chatting in Discord and I was sort of like, oh, I got work the next day as well. I really can't afford to stay awake until and not even know what's going to happen for, you know, God knows how long. And it turned out I'm really glad I did because I don't think they even did the two parade laps what counted as the race until like 3, 3.30 in the morning. I was like crazy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a bit disappointing really. Like, I mean, I think I'd be less annoyed if it wasn't after we'd just come off the mid-season break. Yeah, like, it felt like it'd been so long since I'd had uh, the opportunity to watch some Formula One, um, and then I didn't get to watch any Formula One, so <laughs> it just sucks. But uh, weird. The other thing that really has annoyed me is the fact that they've done half points, obviously because they didn't get to the seventy-five percent race distance, which means that there are some people in the drivers' standings as well as some um, constructors' oh, no. points that are now on point five of a point. <laughs> So that's really grinding my gears as well, just from an aesthetic point of view on the uh, the, the uh, data. But well done, yeah. F one. Seriously, yeah, good well job. done, you guys. Keeping those fans happy all the way through. Um, yeah. we, we've got some stuff to talk about with F one anyway later on because I, I think was there rumors of another F one car coming? It, it spread out somewhere. We've got to get into that anyway. Yeah, yeah, there was so a little bit. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. What have you raced this week besides Aussie Car, obviously? You've been yeah. SNLing, you've been officials. What else? Yeah, I did a few officials. Um, probably, I just did the four this week, um, including SNL. Just the four. Yeah, well, 
Yeah, I mean, I've been trying to get him for each week because um, after the start of the season, I realized, hey, I'm actually not that far off doing half decent in the overall championship. Yeah. Um, probably left the run a little bit too late, but um, yeah, it's it's been going well. So did a few races at Nürburgring. Um, the first one I did, I did on the Tuesday night. Obviously, we were racing at the same track for Aussie car, so thought I'd jump in an official and see how we go. Um qualified on pole i believe and or it might have been second no it was qualified on pole um had a good race uh with andy carey i think it was and christian ortega um we were basically they basically sat behind me the whole race until about three or four laps to go when they both slipstream past me and i kind of got stuck uh behind them trying not to sort of get involved too much. And they both decided to crash each other in the final chicane on the last lap and <laughs> sent me through for the victory. So that was nice. Well, so no. got, got a win, which was good. And then I did a race on Saturday, um, qualified pole again, I think from memory and was having a, well, I got overtaken into turn one by Marco uh, Valverde. Um, someone I hadn't really seen around the Skippy ranks before. He's about 5K I rating. Um, by the looks of it, he I, I, he may be a real-life driver. I'm not 100% sure, but it sort of seemed like he was from some of the stuff I saw on his profile. Um, and Nürburgring was listed as one of his favorite tracks uh, on there. So I don't know if he just literally goes, oh, something's at Nürburgring this week. I'm just going to race that <laughs> all week. Um, and done a whole heap of races there. So he overtook me on turn one. I basically sat behind him in his draft while we drove away from the rest of the field for the first sort of uh, seven or eight laps and then decided to make a pass just to sort of see where I could get him or where I couldn't, um, which he didn't like very much. Um, <laughs> it was a completely fair pass. It was just into turn one, standard pass, um, which then he decided to basically push me around the track for the next lap, giving me about four or five zero X's along the way. So he zero wow. X'd me into turn two, zero X'd me into turn four, zero X'd me in the hairpin, zero X'd me through the chicane. Uh, the first, not chicane, the like, I don't know, that left, right, sort of before yeah. you go the big run up the hill. Um, and then dropped off and sort of let me lead for the last two laps. And then the last lap, he sat behind me and basically uh, got in front. Sorry, took overtook me on turn one, I think. And then I was sort of behind him. Uh, managed to get into his draft, get a good run out. He decided to go defensive into the last chicane. So I decided to hold my line in the middle of the road with the plan of late in the entry to the corner, sweeping over to the right-hand side, opening up the turn for myself and obviously making him have to take a shallower line and lower speed and try and get him through the exit of the chicane. Uh, But he decided that that's not a thing that you're allowed to do. So he just decided that he would just continually drive further and further over to the right and make me decide, well, do I move over to the right or do we both die? Um, and I tried to move over to the right. He tapped me a little bit and then he net coded and killed us both. So that was awesome. So it went from potentially winning the race to coming 13th, which was yep. uh, a bit frustrating. Uh, yep. um, and then did another race, the very next race again and qualified second this time behind Marco. <laughs> who we just had this uh, run in with. Uh, I gave him a little message before the race saying, good luck, try not to kill me this time with a smiley face. Wow. To which he responded basically saying, um, 
yeah, what happened? The the hit was netcode. I was like, oh, yeah, it might have been yeah. netcode. He also drove across the road into me. So, yeah. so we raced. I stayed in his slipstream the whole race. I didn't even bother trying to overtake in the last. I just wasn't risking getting killed again and losing any more I rating. So I took a second place in that one. Didn't even really bother trying to trying to win it. Um, yep. And then it had SNL, which was good and bad. Um, yeah, I'd had some good good luck. Well, not good luck. I'd Obviously, we'd raced the Aussie car, so I was feeling pretty confident in terms of knowing how to race the track and, and that kind of thing. Um, so I decided just 20 minutes before the race to jump in and do some qualifying practice. So just do um, two-lap stint and then jump out, two-lap stint, jump out um, and reset the car each time. Um, and managed to do like three, uh, like two 18.8s on my second lap of the stints in a row. So I was like, wow, that's a really good qualifying time. Um, that would probably put me somewhere. Prob- I was assuming maybe the top five, sort of maybe that yep. sort of fifth to eighth sort of range. Um, so jumped into the race, did qualifying, did a 219.4 something for my first lap, okay. um, which was okay. First lap. Yeah. Um, that was normally what I was getting around about two four, like sort of 19.4, 19.3. And then it was about four and a half tenths up on that 19.4. So looking for, and I didn't do the chicane that well, the first, first lap, you know, so possibly more, but at least, you know, a four tenth gain, which would give me yeah. about a two nineteen flat. Um, and yeah, unfortunately just took too much curb coming into the chicane um, and got a lot of wheel spin, got quite sideways and um, yeah, ended up, ended up, uh, you know, bottling that lap and not, not uh, going any faster. So, you know, 219 flat would have put me fifth or fifth or sixth probably, um, yeah. which would have been pretty mega. And like, I would have been super, you know, proud of that qualifying, but yeah. unfortunately, man, I started um, 11th instead. So yeah, the race sort of got underway and um, it was kind of an interesting race, um, you know, probably a bit further back than I was hoping um it was pretty hard to battle Corey lean got a, a slowdown early and then sort of ended up on my tail um and then he sort of gave me a bit of a shunt almost spun me around into that uh sort of chicane type thing before you go up the hill um at the end um and it was just yeah the two guys ahead were battling so hard uh at points and i felt like i was going to end up in a wreck if someone um <laughs> you know clips so i was probably a bit conservative which meant like we lost the lead pack of five or so anyway, so it wasn't really like I was going to be on for a podium or anything like that. And then, um, yeah, ended up in a battle with Giuseppe Tolini. Um, I eventually sort of went past him after he'd, we'd sort of lost the guys ahead um, and then he sat behind me and then into the chicane, the same thing happened basically where um, he, I, he went defensive. I decided to stay where I wanted to stay uh, he decided he was going to push me across the side of the road. And then uh, when he hit the curb, he almost bounced into me going too wide through the chicane, almost forced me to basically cut the whole chicane. Um, I don't know how I didn't end up with a slowdown. Um, and then obviously that gave him a nice run out and then he took the position and ended up 10th. So it was good. Still managed to score some nice SNL points, but um, yeah, it was a bit, bit disappointing. Like I really felt I could have been pushing for, you know, top six or, or, you know, maybe even better. You never know, depending on yep. what happens. Um, and, yeah, just I really like that track and I, I've had really good success with times and, and, and racing there now. So it was just like if there was ever going to be a time where I was going to have a really big result that no one maybe would have expected, that sort of was the track that was, was going to be at. Yeah, yeah so, sure. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't too bad. 
And then obviously okay. we had Aussie car, but before that, did you want to touch on your Ants car oh, experience? I'll touch on my very bad Ants car experience. <laughs> we went to Darlington, um, which yeah, it's a, it's a tough track. Um, if you if you watch me on stream, you'll see how much of a a tough track it is. I, th- I talked about last week. It's two very different ends of a of an oval. Um, you've really got to work on a lot of things, but the track was also extremely hot. So tire degradation was a really, really big factor in the race. And once again, qualified 16th out of like 24, because there's a few people that didn't show up. Um, and that was a lot higher than I was expecting to qualify, which then put me in the middle of the pack uh, for the start. We had a start where two cars in front of me, the guy put his foot down and, and wheel spin kicked himself into the wall which then stopped the car in front of me. I then ran into the car in front of me. That that car as well got a 4X, got damaged to the front of the car. And, yeah, we all backed up, so pushed myself pretty pretty far back. Um, then sort of just lapped for about 20 laps and tried to, you know, hit the wall a few times, as as everyone does in Darlington. Yeah, then sort of felt the, the tyres were going and, and I was the leaders were just starting to catch up to me just hit a wall pretty hard and just decided to pull into the pits because I was getting the water temp warning as well, which was, it was saying it was under control, but every now and then it would come up with uh, your water temps rising. So keep an eye on that. And I'm like, okay, so let's just pull in, get out of the way of the leaders. We'll get some fresh rubber because I've got four, uh, four full sets and um, we'll get the damage fixed and we'll go on. And so I went in, did that, came back out sort of mid mid-pack, two laps, three laps down, whatever it was, and, and just started lapping with people but felt more comfortable because I had new tyres they didn't, so I was actually back up pace and, and, and starting to really get behind people and go pretty smoothly. And then there was a crash, and I thought I'd avoided it. My car was just a little bit sideways when I pulled to the right. I, I just dropped down, as, as Carl said in the commentary. I just dropped down, and I'd been doing that naturally. Like, I was up high, and I came out of the exit – and I just dropped down half a car width to then pull it back up to get past this car that was stationary. I did that, but the tail just kicked out a little bit and the tails were clipped the car. That gave me a 4X, shunted me into the wall, and then I ricocheted off the wall to hit the rear end of the other car that was stationary, which gave me another 4X, busted up the front of the car. So then all of a sudden I got a 12X, 11X is the, or 12X is the penalty, drive-through penalty. So then not only did I have to go around and do like a six or seven minute repair job on the car, but I also then had to go out and come back in and serve a stop go penalty. Oh, sorry, drive through penalty. And all of a sudden I'm 17 cars down, 17 laps down in the race and just sort of, you know, got around the track with a few more cautions. Uh, got one of my laps back because I stayed out when everyone else pitted in. Um, sort of because I was on a different strategy because I was so far behind. and um, But then, you know, got to the same point where the leaders were just catching up to me. I didn't feel confident. So as soon as they came up behind me, I sort of pulled down, went through the pits again, got some stuff sorted out. And then with 10 to go, I just pulled it off the road because it looked like it was going to be a pretty good finish and, and they were coming up hard behind me. And I just, the car was was okay, but it wasn't the best. And I'm just, well... You know, I've got to almost the hundred lap mark, or just over the hundred lap mark, I think, or very, very close to it anyway. And I thought that was enough, so I just sat back and watched the last few laps. And um, yeah, that was my Anscar night. So eighteenth officially, started sixteenth of twenty four, uh, just through survival more than anything else. Um, yeah, 
good experience. Looking forward to Richmond this week. Now, I've actually done practice for Richmond this week, so you know I, I know and I've driven Richmond track in scraps in the truck, and it's the same thing as long as I don't put the foot down too early. And I can manage these tyres. It'll just be about getting to the end once again and, and not getting not taking out the field. Uh, to then Bristol the following week, which will be a similar situation, but then we finally get back to the big boy tracks again, which is more my favourite. So uh, it'll be about trying to salvage any kind of points I can for the next two weeks in the Thunder Series. And then we'll move on. But Aussie car was a weird one this week. We went to the ring for the GP, as you said before. We did an enduro. Um all 50 minutes it, of it? 50 minutes of it. We, we we threw some things out there about trying to 11-lap stint it after <laughs> Ira threw some shade at us, trying to throw <laughs> us off the scent as well, uh, which didn't work because we'd done our numbers. We knew exactly where we were. Um, yeah, so, oh, look, we, we had fun. I didn't have enough practice. I'll start that right now. It was the shame that, I raced for 50 minutes. I did about, I did the full hour practice beforehand, which got me, I felt, I felt confident because I knew the track. I was good at the track yeah. last time. I was fast. I wasn't going to make many problems, make, make many mistakes on this track. That was not a problem. I saved, I could save enough fuel. That wasn't a problem. It was just about me being fast. And I wasn't fast. I wasn't, I was about two seconds off my laps from last race. And that was just, a, that was a problem. Um, that I wasn't going to fix unless I, you know, had a couple more hours practice. Uh, the, the shame was by the end of the race, I'd shaved that down to about half a second off what I was last time. So, you know, all I needed was an extra hour of practice sometime during the week. And I could have started that, you know, extra second a lap quicker, which would have put me, I think I was 50 seconds off the, off the leaders, which would have put me to 30 seconds, which would have finished me top 10 just about. Um, but as far as the race went itself, I started 16th or 17th or 18th, one of those ones, I can't even remember now, but it wasn't a very good qualifying, sat behind a few guys, lost lost the draft, gained the draft, lost the draft, but the main thing was I, I got in a battle group with Clayton Davies, uh, Jeremy Bush after he spun out, and Craig Kermond, and I just sat back behind them and just, did some silly fuel numbers. Like we're talking 0.77 and 0.78 a lap. And, um, you know, watch Craig go in early for, for a pit stop, which I knew because he came out four seconds ahead of me um, after I pitted. And so he, he short fueled. So that was fine. I understood that. Um, Clayton, I sort of made a little bit of time on him because they went in as well. But then I put in a really fast in lap which sort of gave me a bit of a gap on Clayton and only put me about two or three seconds behind Craig. So I knew I was close. I just had to keep booting. But the problem with that second stint was I went long. There was no draft, so I couldn't save fuel. But at that stage, I'd saved probably enough to make a difference at the end of the race. And by the time we got to that final stop, I went as long as anyone else did out there. And I still had a leader in the tank. I probably could have done another lap if I had to. But it was then it was three to go at that stage when I pitted. Um, chucked in the three liters, did the turned it off, so only put three liters in. Thought I was fine, and then got the concerns with the lap to go, thinking, "Oh, hold <laughs> on, this is a bit tight." But came out of the pits three, four seconds ahead of Craig, uh, way ahead of Clayton at that stage, um, and 
Yes, it was a shame because after, like, before I came in, when I was out of sync with everyone, I was sitting like behind Russell and that kind of stuff, and I was holding fairly good ground with Russell for a couple laps there, and you know, I felt like I had pace and and, and was safe taking that pace, and it was just a shame that. Yeah, I, I didn't have that early on. Finished, I don't know, even know anymore. It was just such a... 15th, a, I think. 15th. So it was, it was just such a mundane race where I wasn't fighting for position. I wasn't doing anything. I just did laps for 50 minutes and came out with a 15th where I felt like I was a 10th. Um, yep. But just didn't have time. So, mate, you're so close. You did it. You <laughs> almost did it. You had it. Yeah. And then, yeah. What happened? Yeah, well, like like I sort of said earlier in talking about the SNL race, um, like I had good success here. Like for whatever reason, it, last season, um, this is where things sort of started to really click, I suppose. Um, I seemed to have pace above what I had at other tracks. Um, and then, you know, you sort of combine that with, you know, probably practicing a little bit more the last season and a bit and, and just a general improvement in pace overall I feel like I've had. Um, I was I was feeling pretty good to be honest. I was like, it's a long race. I know I can do quick laps. I know that I can. I've done the practice races in the official uh, where I was able to sort of stay with people pretty pretty easily. Um, and yeah, I guess that was sort of shown in qualifying. I managed to put it on the front row, so still haven't been able to steal a pole. I think I've had a couple of seconds now, or or, or a couple pretty close to being on yeah, pole. But you've always top four. Um, and you're always and you close the front front row of the grid most. Of the yeah, time, so. I, I think I might have actually qualified top four maybe every race except for the mm-hmm. oval so far. Yeah. Um. So that's been awesome, like a real real improvement in speed. So yeah. So basically, uh, qualified second. Um. The two Alexes managed to get themselves past and in front of me pretty early in the race. Um. I had Chasty. Uh, behind me being very wingmanish and just cautiously sitting off the back of the pack, and Chasty and I basically just sat the whole first stint behind the two Alexes, just saving fuel, taking no risks, lifting off half the track it felt like. And and it was a little bit boring, like we, but, you know, it was, it, it is endurance racing, you know. It's, yep. um, it wasn't a sprint. We needed to, you know, see the position for that last, last yeah. lap, basically. And, you know, I think that comes with the maturity in my racing that I've managed to to get. You know, I would never have done that five seasons ago. I would have been trying to, I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm up near here. Like, maybe I've got a chance I could overtake and get to the front and see what, you know, yeah. like. So, um, yeah, just sat behind. Chastity and I managed to go a lap longer than the two Alexes. Um, yeah. So we stayed it's out a lap longer. Fit, what- Watching the broadcast, it very much felt like a team versus team, like, and it literally was team versus team. But yeah, it was that pack hunting where the two of you were together, the two of them were together. Also, the two Milo guys tried to get together, where Russell and John pitted early to try and yep. change up strategy to come out together, but that didn't quite work. Yeah, and even um, I know Tim and Matthew Mites aren't in the team together, but they were definitely in the same Discord and they were doing it as well. Um, it just felt like that was the, the easiest way to get around that track. So, yes. Or, for endurance mode anyway. Yeah. So they were, yeah, they pitted the lap. Me and Chastity tried to put in a really good in-lap. Um, obviously, we ran our fuel a lot lower um, than the others, I, I'm guessing. Um, and maybe they had a little bit more in the tank because they came out quite a bit ahead. Um, yeah, they did. But obviously, took a little bit less fuel um, uh, and... Yeah, they came out, you know, sort of two seconds ahead. Um, 
of Chastain the leader, which is about a lap. Yeah. So, um, not that I've done the numbers over and over and over and over. And over again. <laughs> so yeah, so that that happened, and it was kind of like, oh, well, that's fine. Let's try and catch up, or you know, do the best we can to catch up, and then you know, we'll have the advantage of a shorter fuel stop. Um, and we basically decided we were going to. Once we hit the critical lap, go in and fill up at that point so we didn't have to stuff around with ticking off fuel and, and that kind of stuff, just yeah. fill it up to the brim and and keep going. Um, thankfully, both Alex's at one point lap, a lap apart from each other had slowdowns and actually came back to my, <laughs> me and Chasty anyway. So it was like, wow, we haven't even had to try and catch up. We can sit behind them again and save even more fuel for this second stint. <laughs> And then uh, when we'll come in, you know, we won't have to put much fuel in. Obviously, we didn't stay behind very long because the critical lap came up after sort of four or five laps. Um, but I, I, I didn't take a risk and I just filled up to the top when I probably could have chucked a leader less in, which meant we all came out together again. Um, so that's, you know, a bit on me. I probably could have been a bit more aggressive with the fuel strategy. But, you know, there's, there was... It, you know, you never know. It could have been a risk. You don't know what's going to happen. Well, Go out by yourself, Alex, use more fuel, and your numbers were quite incorrect. Um, we heard after the race that Alex definitely was puttering across the line. Yeah. So it was definitely a risk. and he, It was, he looked, yeah. It paid off this time, but, yeah. <laughs> so that, that was fine. We all came out together, and I just knew that I had to basically bide my time. Uh, it was tricky. Chastity had jumped off the back of our pack by this time. So yeah, he big damage. Yeah, so he had a little bit of wing damage, and I think he took his pit stop. Might have been a bit longer as well, um, which meant it was just us three. So it was the two top split boys versus versus myself. Uh, And I knew I I was watching them sort of fight earlier, not fight, but let each other through and how they were going through corners. And it was very quickly, very obvious, there's no way I can get past them if they're both in front of me. Like there wasn't going to be a chance where I could really leave it to the last lap and slipstream them both on a straight or, or something like that. So I made the decision that I had to get in between them, um, which I managed to do. And, and coming into the last lap, um, I managed to hold myself around the outside. Alex looked like he was going to come down the inside. Alex John, that is, the other Alex, as he wants to call himself now. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe he doesn't want to call himself. but um, And managed to hold the outside, which gives you, you the inside to turn two. But Alex McKellar was just getting away and I was thinking in my head, oh my God, this is going to look so stupid on the broadcast. I can already imagine what David and Jason are going to be saying, like Braden and Alex John fighting over second place and letting Alex McKellar get away, which I didn't want to do, but you know, it's really hard. And I know now I know how Chasty feels sometimes when he's been up there with the two teammates, uh, whether it's two Milo cars or two uh, top split cars or whether it's four of them all together and just yeah. Chasty, where you, you have to be so careful because you fight with one, the other one gets away, you ruin your chance of a win. It, it's such a predicament. Um, the, the relative got out to 0.7. So Oof. right on that bubble where it was going to be not enough draft to really catch up and I managed to just keep it within that 0.7 and by the time we got up the hill, I actually got myself in the perfect position. So I, I'd set everything up the way I wanted it um, <laughs> and into the chicane, I just choked and outbroke myself and slid and... Let Alex and Alex go through. So I went for the win and ended up with third. So, look, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with a third after the way this season's going to get back in the SimSpeed broadcast booth and have a chat after all the all the disappoint and disappointing races where I feel like I should have 
maybe been in there a couple more times this season. Um, it was nice to be able to at least do that. But it was like, oh, just like SNL, it just felt like the one that got away. <laughs> like I could have had this yep. breakthrough result and, you know, yeah. Uh, it'll it's, come. It'll come for sure. So it was yeah. It was a good race, and you know that just is a testament again to Alex and Alex and their temperament and their their smarts while racing. They just had the experience, and I I I just yeah didn't quite have the the smarts to to go with them on that night. But so, we'll get there. Okay, so we better get into the news where we're going a, a yeah, chunk of time we'll be here for a week. Um, but but quickly, I want to shout out twenty four seven race control who are really good. Definitely go check them out. They obviously do uh, Aussie car. Uh, do a really good job of that. There's there's never an issue in that. If you are looking for some kind of race control, like I know a few of you are out there and you get in contact with Jonathan, uh, he's more than happy to help you out and you will not regret picking him up and getting him in there. So definitely reach out to Jonathan, who's been on the podcast before. Uh, go check out his, his episode. It was a really good interview as well. So uh, that's 24-7 race control. We're also brought to you by driversclub.net.au. 10 bucks for 12 months of racing. Why not? It's an absolute bargain. V IndyCar series is just about to wrap up. The V8s, the the, the two uh, old gen and new gen racing together in the hard and fast series is wrapped up, but coming into season two and it will be broadcast. So if you are keen for some really cool broadcast uh, races uh, with a cool group of guys, um, head over there, check it out. 24, sorry, not 24-7, driversclub.net.au. Check them out. They're really good. And that brings us into the news and updates. So a bucket load. I, I had a brain fade this afternoon and asked Braden, what's the news this week? Is there any? And then I realized we dropped the podcast last week, which is a sure <laughs> sign that we're going to get some massive news for the <laughs> last right. three weeks in a row. So... We're, we're doing all you out there who are content deprived uh, a, a service by dropping these every week because it seems That's every it. time we drop something, uh, <laughs> we get a new piece of content coming out. So. Yeah, and of all places, the E-Series, which I did watch, and I'll talk about that a little bit later in the results, but uh, they just randomly went, oh, by the way, if you checked out the website, Sandown and Winton are coming to iRacing in the near future as well, as long as, as well as AI Racing for the V8s uh, and a few other things. And we're like, and and the press release is saying as, as, as part of a, a full push for Australian content. So um, we, we've talked about it in the past, you know, Sandown's one of those ones. It will go away eventually. And it's really good that iRacing has put in the effort to actually, you know, preserve this track forever in iRacing. So I don't think it's a very good track, but I'm glad that it's there because it's got such heritage in, in Australian history. And obviously Winton's out there as well. It's, it's been around forever and a day. It's a really good track as well, but that's more content for Australian drivers. We're getting closer and closer to being able to do a full full season of Aussie car that's just Australian tracks. Um, we, we mentioned Sandown, Braden. We, we didn't really, haven't really talked about Winton before. We, we know others that we really want to see in there, but what do you think, A, of the news and with this Australian push for content, like what else do you reckon we're going to get out of that? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, anytime we're seeing more tracks, it's good honestly yeah. like i know we get a bit precious like oh we want this track we want this track but really <laughs> at the end of the day any new track is, any track yeah. is, is cool um sandown and winton yeah i'm excited for them um you know sandown's obviously a bit more on the back burner in terms of aussie or v8 racing at the very least obviously it made a return last year um or was it this year whenever it was might have been earlier this year due to you know, all the COVID scenarios yeah. and try to fill in races and things like that. 
Um, but um, yeah, cool racetrack. I always think from a Skippy's perspective, how will these tracks race for, for, for the Skippy? <laughs> and the answer is all tracks are awesome for the Skippy. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> so that's all good. In terms of the broader the broader content, you can't you can't help but feel like they're for whatever reason. I mean, since when do they give a stuff about us little old Australians? But it seems like there's going to be a pretty big push towards the Australian market. Um, I assume. So, look, we've got NASCAR, obviously, partners with iRacing now. They will work with iRacing, give them all kinds of stuff, uh, to the fact that they'll test out tracks in iRacing now, which is just phenomenal. Hmm. Go make us a Chicago street track and just see what it like, what it races like, and then we'll see if we do it in real life. Just fascinates me that that's, that's the level of NASCAR cooperation. But you've got the E-Series for the third year in a row. Supercars is showing off iRacing at its best well not when the pros get in oh sorry when the all-stars get in there but when the pros <laughs> get in there they're showing it off at its best to a wide audience so what better way to 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 say thank you than to actually put more content to that audience so you're going to sell more it just makes yeah. sense um now gen 3 is a thing it's going to happen last time iRacing dropped a car for australia that car doesn't exist anymore <laughs> So hopefully the Gen 3 doesn't do that, but they've got to replace the the current series with Gen 3 if they want V8 supercars or, sorry, supercars Australia to do an E-series next year. There's no point doing old school Fords when you're trying to promote Fords and Holds, when you're trying to promote the new, you know, Camaros and Jags yeah. possibly and, and that kind of stuff because that's what's racing. You would need that in the in the game. So obviously there's a deal being struck to say, hey, we'll keep on doing the E-Series if you make us some more content. Because imagine an E-Series where they get to race all Australian tracks. Like they follow mm. the V8 series, like the Supercars series through the season. Like, okay, yeah. so this week's Sandown, on Friday night we're doing the E-Series. On Saturday, on Saturday Sunday we're doing the actual yeah. proper thing. And that would be really cool to see, you know. And then teams can align themselves with, a, you know, an actual actual drive pro drivers, and you know, it can become a bit more of an e sport rather than just yep. this is an e series. Like it's like you, you know, DJR have these two pro drivers. They drive for DJR. They yeah, get exactly. to share in that experience, kind of like what we talked with Madison Down, where they can share telemetry and get tips and learn things mm-hmm. about the intricacies of the tracks from the real drivers, and then they can give feedback, you know, and help out wherever they can as well. So I definitely think it's a, a, a step towards that direction. But like you said, obviously the content needs to be there to facilitate well, that's that. That's it. And and you know, if you're going to do it, you may as well do it. Um, yeah, do it now while you've got such a big big eye on on the thing on the on the audience so um look i i i'm not going to say of ones that i think are going to happen because i i sort of i've heard things but what would be your dream australian track that they could get in there besides the adelaide street circuit they've somehow revived that like that's the best way to that's, that's the only way we're going to see that ever again yeah that's the that's the that's the dream track if i could obviously being in adelaide Adelaide guy and, you know, growing up, going to the, the Clipsal 500 and, you know, going going and walking around that track and obviously driving around it from time to time when I head into the city. Uh, that's obviously the, obviously the dream, you know, be how people feel when they go and drive the Long Beach circuit and then they're driving along and go, hey, that's the office building that's I work it. in or, you know, yeah. whatever. That To have that at Adelaide would be, would be brilliant. Um, 
yeah, obviously I'd like to see the bend um, for a couple of reasons. I know a lot of people don't necessarily like the track for racing, but I think in terms of iRacing content, it would be great because there's so many layouts, yeah. um, which is good. Anytime there's a track with multiple layouts, it gives you many different very options. different layouts. It's not just, okay, this has got a different chicane. This is like a west and an east and a proper yeah, multiple the different GT variations. track, you know, the GT track's the longest in the Southern Hemisphere or the, basically the longest track other than the Nürburgring, I think, from memory, 7.77 kilometres. So, um, yeah, I think that would be really cool. I'd love to see Hidden Valley. I really like that track uh, up yep. in the Northern Territory. I think that's a really cool track as well. Um, even Townsville Street Circuit or Semi Street Circuit um, would be pretty cool um, to see. Um but yeah, like I said, you know, at the end of the day, I'd be happy with with any tracks that that come out. Um, but yeah, if you if you're pushing me for some answers, I guess there are a few that I'd like to see. The Gold Coast yeah. Street Circuit would be the same; would be pretty cool. But you know, I don't know. Street circuits are cool, but they're also not cool as well. <laughs> that can yeah. be a bit annoying sometimes. <laughs> the the difference is we don't have a street circuit in Australia. Like we yeah. have the, the the proper tracks, which yeah. which are cool and all, but you know. I would like a street circuit in Australia. That would be cool because it's a different yeah. style of racing. I would love a dirt oval track in Australia because that's a different type of racing for Australian content. But yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. Like my one would be uh, Motorsport Park in Sydney, so Eastern Creek. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I obviously fond memories of it growing up because it was one of the biggest tracks in, in Australia. That's the most popular or the, the prestigious tracks in Australia at that stage. Yeah. And, it's got the new lights upgrade as well, so it'd be pretty cool yeah. to be able to run some night, night races, races there, as, which would be awesome. So Yeah, so once again, another option, and, and it's got a few layouts there. So, yeah, it, it would be the one I would, would hope to see, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, so not only that, we've got a new car coming. <laughs> yeah, this one sort of came out of nowhere, to be honest. Like, I don't... I, yeah, normally they drop a new car, but I hadn't really heard any rumors. Maybe I hadn't been looking hard enough. And yeah. I, I didn't know how old or not old the GT3 Cup Porsche car was. So it just took me a bit by surprise. I don't know about you. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about it. Like, I, I'm not in that Porsche side of things. I know we've got a Porsche car in Locked On, and I probably should be a little bit more over the Porsche scene, but I just, I've never really sucked my teeth into to the Porsche and got into the background of it i know we've they've just done the what the porsche um the gt3 and that the rs rsr or whatever it is uh the new one that came out a couple of seasons ago um so they're obviously working with porsche and, and getting some stuff done so it, it makes sense on that perspective that hey come scan this we'll scan that as well um so the the new Porsche Cup car will basically make the old one a legacy car, which is cool. It's, it's how a lot of it works. If you own the current Porsche, Porsche Cup car, you are, we had it confirmed this week that you are getting a refund. No, not a refund, a credit for how much the new Porsche Cup car will cost. You keep the old car and you can then choose to purchase the new car if you want to keep on going with the Porsche Cup car or use that credit on something else, which is really cool as well. And great customer service from from iRacing. So well done in that. Are you tempted to buy the Porsche Cup car now? Well, I have I have the old one. Um, so I you think are going to have credit. Yeah, to... I think I did one official or two officials back in the day when I actually tried things other than the Skippy. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe. 
maybe like like I said, I would love to do other other cars and other races, but the whole I rating thing's just driven me into this box that I can't get out of. Yeah, because I just I can't go and drive a Porsche GT3 Cup car and be in a race with three and a half k I rating drivers. Because I'm not yep. a three and a half k I rating Porsche Cup driver, so yeah, so you'd yeah. have to go through the league process to find a league where, where yeah. you race it, and that's the only way you can really do it these days. And even even then, you know, like most of those people will be much better than me, and that would be frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, you know, like yeah, I, I I would like to think I'd I would go and buy it, but I, I just don't know. It's it's just it's hard to commit time to something if you're not very good at it and you don't have the time to get good at it and you don't want to get good at it at the expense of the thing that you are kind of good at. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So, Look, as, I, yeah. I own the current one, so I've got the potential and I, I will buy it. Yeah. If there's a credit there. So that's fine yeah. with fine by me. It's um, it's more if I'll get a chance to race it. Like I don't yeah, have a problem with purchasing it. It's just will I actually race it? I, I can't well, say. That's, that's something I did during the week that I didn't mention before. I jumped in a V8 around Phillip Island just to see oh, where I was at. You're still and, here. Uh, did, you survived. Yeah, did, did a few laps in it. Not, not a race. I just did some practice, some test driving. And I was a lot better than last time I jumped in one. Like, I had better throttle control. It was just the hairpin, which is turn five, I think it was, that, that caused all, all the issues. The rest of it I was actually pretty happy with. It's just the braking markers for that thing are so far out, unless I'm doing it wrong and not putting enough pressure down. But every time I put too much pressure down, she locked up. <laughs> Um, so it was breaking a lot earlier than I'm used to for, for those, those hairpins, those two hairpins. Once I got it right, it was okay. I just didn't get enough time to practice once again. All of a sudden I got phone calls and, and things happened. So, but I, I did try it. So I am trying new things. Which Got to get thing. the, the Scops Beast Chasty himself to, uh, to jump in and give you a few lessons, mate. That's it. I just had to, I was, I, I just, I've got his VRS tag. So I just got to check out where I can find this extra 15 seconds a, a lap to <laughs> catch up to him. Um, so speaking of changes that uh, they are making in iRacing, we've got um, damage model changes of all things. So once again, something I didn't see coming. Obviously, they were always working on damage models and stuff like that. But they're now talking, especially this is focused on Enduros and, and the GT3 and the uh, the LMP cars and the, and the supercars in particular. Uh, you can now repair aero and steering in these cars when you come into the pits. So... You are looking at longer pit times for repairs, but the cars by the end of the required or the optional repairs will feel a lot more like the car you started with and they'll actually be a lot more on pace. So you can still make that option of, okay, I only want to do the optional repairs and maybe a few few repairs and drive out with a car that's not quite right or you can just spend that extra certain amount of time, whatever it's going to be, and get the car that's going to have the steering straight and have a good aero package again uh, and not basically write your whole race off. And, like, you're still going to be behind. That's not a, like time-wise, but you are going to at least have a car then that, that is competitive that can still lap at a, at a decent pace, which is what we found in the in the Bathurst 12-hour. Yeah. Over those 12 hours, the car just got to a point where it was straight up five seconds a lap slower than every other car on the track because it had, had damage and we just couldn't be repaired. So that's a good thing. I like this especially coming into stuff like Petit Le Mans, which is what they said it will be ready for. The V8, it'll be ready for the Bathurst 1000 and the Petit Le Mans, so this damage model. So keep an eye out for that. If you are racing in those races, you will be able to not just um, 
yeah, be out of the race early on because someone made a stupid thing. You'll still be able to finish the race with a fast car. What do you yeah. think, Braden? Yeah, I think it's um, it's good. I think, in a sense, people might be like, oh, no, it's going to mean longer in the pits. But, you know, like you said, you'd rather come out with a car that can participate and not just putt around. So, yeah, no, it's good. It also, uh, it's always an improvement. It, it'll improve the fact of, okay, we're 10 hours into a 12-hour enduro and you've got a car that's straight, no problem. So you're lapping five seconds a lap faster than everyone else on the track, which means you are then potentially going to have cars come up on you a lot quicker a lot more often if cars are fully doing full repairs you're not going to have that because cars are lapping at the, the, the speed they should be yeah so it, it might help that with with a few bits of you know unlucky driving later on in the track but we never know we'll see uh speaking of more things that came after we dropped the podcast hungaro ring picks just randomly appeared on the twitter account as well showing that it's basically ready to go we'll be racing on this thing in by in two weeks time max yep. Yep. uh so welcome to what's going to be the new track for next season everyone hungaro ring uh are you excited about this obviously you watched the the grand prix and you said you were pretty excited after that but you, you're keen you're going to be buying it straight up yep this is one i'll probably grab more than happy to go and vouchery bottom some people into turn one um <laughs> so yeah no nah, from all reports this is a real driver's track the people in real life love racing it they say it's like a little go-kart track um yep so yeah, I think and I think yeah, as we've sort of seen this season in Aussie car, you know, the GP tracks are really fun in those skippies. So um yeah, looking looking forward looking forward to this one for sure. I think this will be in Aussie car season next or the one after Ooh, for sure anyway. Cool. So. Okay. 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 Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's it's new content. Yeah, and, we haven't and, yeah, we'll we'll talk next week. We'll get the unveiling. That's what I was going to say. We haven't week. got the scoop from Ari yet, so I think we're yeah, st- so he's yeah. still deliberating on a few things and waiting for some content updates to to make some final decisions. Yep. So. so we will have Ira on the podcast next week. Hopefully, all things going well. Uh, shout out to Ira. He's you know he he does a lot of work for for nothing. So yeah, hopefully he's going well at the moment. But yeah, um, we will have some content information on that next week. Now. We've got two more things on this list. Do you want to quickly talk about this free camera pack you just downloaded, which is pretty cool? <laughs> yeah, so I just thought I'd give a quick shout-out um, to... Oh, I forget the name now. Let me just try and find it. Uh, it's Finian's Camera Pack. So on the uh, iRacing uh, forums page, uh, a guy, I'm guessing his name is Finian, uh, posted up about a camera pack that he uh, had basically made possible for everyone to um to use um and download for free so he'd basically be working for a company called or you know a place called sim tv um but he was also the cameraman so made a bunch of custom camera sets for the streams that they're doing um and he said you know sort of while the iRacing default cameras aren't so bad um they aren't the best necessarily uh, for broadcast use so he downloaded or he basically um has said that sim tv um, are going on hiatus um, and basically has said, you know what, seeing as we're going on hiatus, I'm going to release all the camera packs uh, that he's downloaded. He said he probably estimates that he put in maybe close to 300 hours worth of work wow. um, putting all these camera packs together. Um, there's 90 cameras for 96 tracks with 191 different track configurations as well as 90 different cars. So it's a massive uh, camera pack. It's super easy to download and unzip and basically drop in your um 
camera files uh, uh, in your iRacing folder um, and away yeah. you go. I did it just before to have a test out and it's, it's really cool. So if anyone wants some um, cameras, um, especially, I guess, content creators or um, anything like that to, to add to your collection, um, definitely go and uh, give it a download. It's under Finian Dekunha or something on uh, <laughs> iRacing in the cameras, files and editing discussion um, post. But I'm sure if you pop over into the Locked On Lads Discord and hit one of us up, we can give you the link um, for it as well. So uh, I just thought I'd bring that to the, the community's attention because that's a really uh, generous um, thing for someone to do. Um, and if you're not you know, able to do it yourself, that's a, that's a big relief. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's cool. So the last little bit we need to talk about, and we do need to talk about, I'm trying to get Mike from OSR on the podcast. He, he's keen. He reached out, just trying to organize time. So if it makes this episode cool, if it doesn't, then it doesn't. Um, we are about to talk to Jay Kennedy too in a recording uh, about what happened at Scops on the weekend as far as the results in the Enduro at Phillip Island. But out of that has blown up a huge amount of controversy. Uh, Just now, controversy Ray, after controversy with these enduros, isn't it? Uh, it is two weeks in a row, some big stuff happening. So I'll quickly boil it down to a nutshell as best as I can. Um, the enduros, you need you, obviously two cars. You need a minimum driver limit for one. For, obviously, your drivers have to hit a minimum drive limit. Uh, Phillip Island, it was 39 laps you had to complete as a driver to not be disqualified or be considered as taking part in the race. Now, apparently, there was a safety car on lap 38. Um, there was at least four of the people in question that, that pitted. Um, the drivers dropped out, and the other drivers did the rest of the stint uh, on the race. Now, they were on the 39th lap when, when they came in, but because their pit bays were before the start finish line, it iRacing has the fault of it didn't cross the start finish line. So that lap doesn't count for them. It counts for the driver who was in it when they came out of their pit bay and crossed the line. So they only so even though they drove, you know, thirty meters, it counted as they were the ones who completed that lap. Yes. So some of the drivers in the results came up with thirty eight laps. Now it's happened before in Scops or in OSR or in any of these things. Um, and I've just got a reply from Mike to say that he's going to be on the podcast. So we'll go into it a little bit more in detail when I record that in a second, um, which is really good to see. So basically, yes. Yeah, so they ended up only having 38 laps of fun or racing. So a lot of people decided that that was not the 39 laps. However, they've had this, like I said, with OSR and, and Scott's before where Monza in particular has the same problem. I think it. I think it was Monster anyway. That's what Jay was saying anyway. But they've decided. Look, you. It's it's just a fault with iRacing. racing. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, and people weren't happy with that answer. Um, the the Bathurst nine nine hundred ninety nine point nine came got thrown out. <laughs> um, a whole heap of other things. Um, Mike himself made a comment and, and, a, and a statement about it that still didn't calm things down. Things are still going on as far as the Discord's concerned. As far as I'm aware now where people are basically treating this like they've just lost the gold medal in the Olympics. Uh, it only affected third and a few other cars. So it wasn't, it's, this is not for the win. Okay. I understand third and fourth were only a second apart. At the end of the day, those two drivers were pretty similar pace. It wouldn't have made a huge amount of difference. Maybe it would have, we never know, but they completed 39 laps. 
that's where I sit on it. Where do you sit on it, Braden? It's one of those things, isn't it, right? Like, <laughs> like rules are rules. Yep. <laughs> so in a sense, I see it from both points of view. Like, did you complete 39 complete laps? Well, technically speaking, no. So I understand. But there needs to be a sort of a common sense approach with things sometimes. And, you know, I guess, I guess what I'd want to know is what, what would count in a real life race? You know, if they're at the Bathurst 1000 in real life and this same thing happened because there are people's pit bays who are probably behind, yep. you know, at the Bathurst 1000, I'm sure there's nope. a fair, there's yep. obviously a fair, yeah, fair share limit in real life driving as well. Um, you know, what would the case be if the car's, was before the line and it meant that they had to actually complete an extra lap technically speaking compared to everyone else then those are the rules but I think when it's in sim and you know if the rules are applied differently and the rules can't be applied the same way they're in the real world then we've got to have some kind of common sense approach I probably don't know enough about it to make any kind of sweeping statements that make me seem like I'm some kind of expert. So um, maybe it's best that uh, we get a chance to hear from Mike and maybe he can uh, have a chat to us about it as well. Yeah, definitely. Look, I, I look forward to hearing his point of view. Uh, I know his point of view because I've read the the statement, but oh, I, I'd love to have a chat with him. He's, um... yes, we'll hear from him now. So let's take it. Let's, let's see from Mike. And welcome, Mike, to the podcast. Mike from OSR. Now, you, you've had a bit of a fun day, a fun couple of days. We've just <laughs> gone through what happened on the weekend, and we've well, got your, we want to get your perspective from it. So what happened, mate? Oh, well, well, firstly, thankfully, thank you for having me on the, uh, on the podcast. It's lovely to be here. And, um, it's been too long, mate. Yes. I'm really sorry it's taken so long. But, yes, thank you oh, for hey, joining us. Is what it is. Um, yeah, look, it's it's one of those things. It's we went to bed Sunday night feeling feeling like we'd done we'd done a reasonable job with the race and so forth, and there wasn't too much. And we woke up Monday morning to an absolute furor on on the forums and people going, you know, well, it was going crazy. Um, the 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 basis of what sort of occurred is is that guys have said, hang on a second, as as per the rule book, you're supposed to the minimum amount of laps you are supposed to do at Phillip Island is 39 laps. And um, we know that we made the rule book. We set the uh, the minimum driver requirements. We we get that. Yep. And we were all we we're all fine with that. And the argument was that there were six cars that they, that were actually put up. But for, uh, in 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 real terms, four cars that were uh, in everyone else's or in a, a large group of eyes um, should be disqualified from the race. And because the drivers had done uh, effectively a minimum stint, so they'd come up with 38 laps, and they the the, the scoring system should say 39. Yep. And we were specifically asked, and well, I, I mean, I literally took about four hours to sit there and read through all the stuff backwards and forwards in between other things I was doing through the day yesterday uh, to get through it and come yep. up with a. Uh, a bit of an idea of what was actually going on and what was being said. And in, in amongst some of the, the, the really terrible troll remarks, actually, which were, which were pretty ugly and pretty disappointing to see that people would just head down that path because the, the mob mentality drags them that way. Yep. There was, there were some genuine questions. And so 
I'd, I'd effectively said, well, you know, we need to sit down and, and quantify how we've done this and why we've done this so people understand. So it goes back to a couple of a couple of principal things. And this happened to us a, a considerable while ago when we did a, um, a race at Montreal, Montreal um, our first yeah. enduro at Montreal, yeah. where the start-finish line or the timing line has pit bays in front and behind it. And so we set a, a compulsory pit stop and where guys went in and, and, and then all of a sudden people were blowing up everywhere and we understood. And then we realised sort of what had happened is that if you drive around the circuit, two cars drive around the circuit and they're going in on exactly the same lap, but they pull up, one pulls up on the other side of the pit line, they have been uh, adjudicated to have completed one more lap than the car that pulls up before the pit line or the, the timing line. Yeah. And so you have two cars that have completed exactly the same amount of laps. They go to set there uh, to do their compulsory pit stop, and one is accredited with the correct number, one is accredited without. Now, the first thing everyone's going to say is, and we all know, is that the pit uh, timing line at Phillip Island is actually past all the pit bays. So the argument comes out, well, you haven't completed 39 laps. Agreed, haven't completed 39 laps. However... In the real world, when CPS pit stops were coming out, there was a large argument, and it, it was brought up by supercars. This is a real-life supercars, that yeah. a vehicle that – the, the rules said you have to complete 39 laps. And so there were cars that could show with a GPS system that where they started on the track and completed their amount of laps and drove <laughs> into their pit box, yeah. they had covered um, 12 full laps and – the GPS can show that via distance, but they hadn't crossed the timing line to show that they had um, completed the full amount of laps. Right? And everyone's still saying, you know, again, everyone's still saying in the forums, no, you haven't completed 39 laps. All right. But when you go through the timing, iRacing times the first lap is zero. So when you go around the circuit once, and if we just do it like with a, with a finger in a circle, we go around it once. As we cross the start finish line, we have completed a lap and it says one. Yep. All right, but that's one lap. And and whilst it's still telling us we're doing one lap, we are going around completing a second lap. So when supercars came along and said, all right, well, for the purposes of this, if we set, let's say we set a CPS uh, on lap 10, you can complete 10 laps, but not have actually crossed the start finish line for the timing to say that you've done it. And for the purposes of completing the lap when you drive into the pit bay or into the sorry into the pit lane and you go from the pit lane to that and cross that line where you're actually inside the pit precinct we will determine that lap as having been complete for the purposes of counting it for the cps so and to translate is, that into iRacing and basically for people who might not know it would be that once you drive past those yellow cones on the entry we're basically yep Pretend we're basically, although iRacing is not acknowledging it, we're going to say that that lap's now been completed. That's that correct. Right? Yeah. That's correct. All right. And and so what happened during the race is that a, a, a one particular team came to us. We're doing our normal normal stuff, and they sent us a message on Discord, and we've got a million different screens open with um, JRT <laughs> yeah, and so forth and lots of things going on. So I, I never saw that message come to me. I didn't see it. So at a later stage, I heard my phone actually ding, and I realised that the message. I thought, oh, he's sending me a message. Don't know. Sometimes people send you messages 
you know, via Messenger. So I open it up on the on the race computer and all that sort of stuff, and here it is. And I'm being asked by the Alphas team, "Hey, mate, you know, we've done, we've gone into the lane on our 39th lap. Is this going to ping us for um, not completing the CPS?" And so the first thing, I mean, and and this is what people have to understand is number one is I don't, I don't make. Um, I, I would I would suggest that five percent of decisions ever made in in scops and all that sort of stuff is made by one person where something is like, yes we're going to do that or no one I'm not going to do that it's very rare so I, I actually read all that out put it to the guys and they said well hang on a second when we do, when we've done a CPS we've got this issue and we solve this issue because we go to a number of tracks and if you write a rule for every type of track where the start finish line is whether the start finish line is before the pits after the pits or somewhere through the pits. You've got three different things that you're trying to work out. So how do we do it? And we look to the real series. And this solution was very simple, is that when you cross, go into that pit lane, you are, for the purposes of scoring and for the purpose of satisfying those rules for a CPS or whatever it is, you are deemed to have finished that lap as you go in there for accounting purposes. And we have done that ever since um, Scott started and we started doing CPSs because it's always been the case that we've said you cannot do, you can't do your CPS until the completion of lap two. So let's take a circuit like Canada where a driver can go into the pit lane, you start you start the race, you all race off, you do your first lap going around, you cross the start finish line, you come around and you go into the pit lane. That is the end of the second lap. One driver that has his pit box on the other side or the, 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 the racing side of the start finish line He's registered as finishing two laps by the rules. He can do his CPS. The guy that has his pit box before the start-finish line, he hasn't done or doesn't register as having done his second lap. By the very interpretation of the rule, that means he's got to do another lap. So that's an unfair advantage to yeah. the guys that are on, on one side of the pit line as opposed to the other. Now, we've always said, as you are finishing your second lap, that means as you are finishing your second lap, you can go in and you can satisfy that. And that's what we look to. So... The natural progression for us was to say, well, in this circumstance, when you are, and, and this, this is a very unique thing that has to happen. One is you have to have a pit box, which is before the start finish line. Two, you have to have it is a, a, an enduro race where you have multiple drivers. So you have mm -hmm. a driver swap that is impending. And uh, the third one is, is the driver has to have started the race. And driven continuously through because the minute you change over to another driver that lap counter yeah. ticks over for the next guy going out so yeah. it's in that session it's that person's <laughs> first drive that where where um where it occurs and this is exactly what happened so we have a perfect storm we have something that we've never actually had happen to us before we didn't even realize that it had happened until it was brought to our notice and we have to make an adjudication on it whether is this acceptable or not and if you've all and i mean i don't you, you might even want to post it up there in the in the chat in the scops chat there was a um uh, a copy of the messenger um chat that i had with simon feigl where he asked that question i said no mate you're fine you're good to go uh it's a timing line thing we know what it is and and that's what we had discussed and we'd sat there and mulled it backwards and forwards for five minutes well what do we do well we always count the car for a cps coming into the pit lane as having completed that lap when they cross the line and come into the pits. So if we look at it and, and we, we try and always make rules to be a blanket rule, mm 
so that it's not hard to remember. Everybody knows what one rule is. You know, don't pass the safety car under yellow. Don't pass another car under yellow. Not, oh, you can here on this corner and you can't on that corner, whatever. It's a blanket rule. And that's what you look to do. So in fairness, that car has com- is completing its 39th lap as it yeah. comes into the pit lane. For the purposes of standardisation of a rule, under that single circumstance where those three perfect <laughs> scenarios collide, that driver is completing his 39th lap. It is counted as being finished when he goes into the pit lane and therefore we have allowed it and said, no, you're right to go. Now, we said that. 10 minutes after, or 15 minutes, I don't actually know, after it actually happened. And people blew up in the forums. Oh, well, you're changing the rules halfway through the race for some people, not telling everyone else. Mate, we didn't know. I asked Simon Feigl quietly later and said, did you realise that? And he said, no, we didn't even think about it until we came in. We actually thought when we came in that we would be accredited for the 39th lap which meets the criteria, as everyone had said, and the driver goes out. And that driver goes out. He carries on 100 metres down the pit lane, crosses the timing line. He's driven 100 metres, and he's accredited with having completed one lap. So, you know, it's how it rolls over the line. That that feels like a fault on iRacing's part. It should be like a – it's easy to write in, hey, a percentage – whoever did the most percentage for that lap. Of yep. distance oh. gets accredited with that. Lap. Gets accredited even for from a coding yeah. perspective. I'm sure they obviously have some kind of code to tell you that the control line for the pit ba- uh, pit stops is coming up because you get that countdown and your speed to pop up. So it wouldn't be hard to say if you know if car crosses pit line, then yep. the uh, the the pit line now becomes the de facto yeah. uh, race uh, control line, and the lap lap ticks over. So it, it actually wouldn't be that hard to fix. You wouldn't think. Yeah. yeah. It's, so at it's, the end of the it's day, it's probably not hard to do it. End of the day, you you followed the rules that you've set out forever in a day. It's just you didn't realise that it applied to this situation until no, it well, brought to your attention. Uh, well, well, that's right. We've we've <laughs> never had that written into the rule book. And you've seen the size of the rule book; it's forty pages long. And when we have incidents like this come up, we'll sit down and go, "Okay, we need to draft something up that covers that situation." And that's exactly. what we do. But we're being asked to make an, a, a a decision on the spot right there. Is it right? Is it wrong? I can't tell you. The whole field might have done it. If the whole field had done it, what were we to do? Dis- disqualify them all at a later stage? I mean, <laughs> really, it's a ridiculous <laughs> scenario, isn't it? So we're, we're, in a, we're in a no-win situation because there are always going to be people who said, well, we didn't do that. And if we had known about it, we would have taken that on board. And I, I fully understand their dismay or them being upset at us about that. I'm sorry. I didn't know it. You didn't know it because you didn't mm-hmm. do it. Four guys actually did do it because they thought about it. So um, should they have, or if, if they had, if, and I only know, I've only spoken to one in particular who said, no, we hadn't, we really had no idea that that was how it was going to be. The other three, if they knew beforehand and they did it deliberately, they should have clarified it with us. And then we would have shared it with everybody. We're not trying to hide and we're not trying to make rules for someone yeah. to, to, to get an, an advantage. That is our integrity down the tubes. And, yeah. you know, there were all those sort of, accusations and people just went with a mob mentality on Monday and went off the nut. People say, oh, you should fall on your sword. You should admit you're wrong. Well, hang on a second. It's more than that. When we're wrong, we'll say, and we've been proved wrong several times by some people and you go, yeah, you know, he's got a point. Crap. That's that's a smarter man than me. I defer to that. And I'll I'll say that any day on behalf of race control or scops or myself if I'm the one that's that said pushed it for a certain direction and it's gone that way. But in this case, we made the best decision we could at the time, giving credit to what we've always done. And in for the future, 
we'll be sitting down and drafting that situation in so that it is a clear, um, as clear as day to read it and say, oh, okay, in this situation, this is what happens and this is what's going to happen. Because the same thing will not happen at a track like Bathurst because the start-finish line or the control line is before you go into the pits. So, for example, on a CPS, you go, you do your lap around, that's one lap, you do your second lap around, and it counts your second lap before you actually enter the pit lane. So in the exact same scenario where the first driver drives every lap from the start right up to the point to um, meet the minimum driving lap requirement, he will show the right number. Yeah, it'll never be an issue there. That's and right. for most tracks, it won't be an issue. Like we That's had a exactly pop-up right. in Aussie car where I think it was Long Beach. Uh, someone pitted what they yep. thought was the second last lap, but because their pay pit bay was past the start-finish line, it was technically their last lap. <laughs> On the last lap, yes, right. So, but it, it, it actually the rules. wasn't, was it? It was it, Russell, it, I think. Pretty, yeah, <laughs> but... Technically, they came. It was a yeah, it was a big show and, and storm, but it, it ended up being fine. We we rewrote the rule. They rewrote the rule book at the end, so you know it happened. It was one of those things that no one ever yep. thought of. Yes, I don't know if this is a stupid point to make, but like if you want to get really nitty gritty about things like this, you know, like you said with the Bathurst control line being before the pit bay. Well, yep. does that mean we start saying that cars who start in front of the control line never completed their first lap? <laughs> That's so right. you qualify a pole, That's you have to do an extra lap, you know? Like, you know, at the end of the day, they haven't completed a full lap then, have they? So You, you are know, right, but Bathurst actually has a unique situation. Where its start, start line, line is, is different, different to its finish line. They're that's not right, the same yeah. line. That's so right. from a timing perspective, that's what they do. But <laughs> I take your point. That's right. Um, <laughs> I quickly, I, the one point I really want to make on this is for anyone who is listening to this, just to hear what you have to say, there is a serious... Um, issue that people need to understand. There are real people behind these rules and there's real people behind these leagues and real people that are actually making these decisions. So when you're lashing out at these people in the Discord just thinking, I just want to get my point across, I don't care how I'm going to do it, there are real people on the other end that are actually reading this and have to deal with this in any kind of way, shape or form. And it's a mental health issue. So please, if you're going to lash out at someone in a Discord because they've made a decision that they see is right and it's regarded and it hasn't gone the way you thought it should go, maybe think twice about just going full on at that person because that person is a real person on the other end too, please. Um, Thank you. It's, it's, that's a really, it really is a valid point because, you, you know, I sit there and, and not, I mean, partly with this, it, I spent a lot of hours. I, I, I posted, I, I got told about this at about 10 o'clock in the morning on Monday morning and I started working on it and I, I stopped at around five, six o'clock because my partner came home and I just had to put it down and walk away from it. And when she went to bed, I went back and sat down for an hour and a half and, and reread it and reread it and reread it so that it wasn't what I wrote and post, posted in there wasn't ambiguous and it told the story of how we did it, how it, how it all happened. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I went to bed at, at, um, at half past one this morning after having posted it and then thought about it some more and read it some more. And it's distressing that people will sit there and deliberately try and pull you down because they, they want to make sure that you will apologise. And I, I, I'm the first to say I hate apologising. But if I'm wrong, I, I am going to say I'm wrong. But where we have a point where we did something, and this is we did it with the best intention and, and, and how we've worked it out, and you don't want to see that because you, want to, you only want to go, but oh, it's written on the rule book and it says right there, well, yeah, that's that's the first part of it. It's not the second half. And even in the rule book where, where it says in the CPS, the first line, it talks about it. The second and third line actually discuss where the, 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 the timing line is. But people who want to just quote that, look at the first line and go, oh, there it is. It's in black and white. So hang on. The, the 
the exculpatory part of it is line two and three. But you don't want to read that. We don't want to use that. We just want to focus on one point. And it's it, it actually is quite it is quite hurtful. It makes you sometimes sit there and think, why do we do this? Because yeah. these these guys are clowns, and you you can get you can sit there with a knot in your bloody stomach, and it, it's it, mm-hmm. mate, honestly it's pretty shit. Yeah, yeah I've been there it, before. It's it's not just the uh, aggressive or abusive stuff. I think as well, Wilco. Even even the little snarly, little trolly comments, or yep. you know the the gif or the emoji on someone's post, like it all seems really not much. But when you add it on top of everything that's going on, plus whatever people have going on in their own personal lives as well, you know, it can be can be enough to really drive someone to um, oh, to not yeah. feel feeling that great. So I think it's a good point you made up. It's very important. Yeah, yeah. It, it it is. But yeah, that's that's how we came to it, um, and that's what we will we will still go with, um, yeah. because it's actually important to get it right. Everyone asks us all the time. We want this to be as close to the real thing as we can get, and within the constraints of iRacing. I mean, you know, we do stuff like we've got a, a manual safety car, we've got a whole re- series of regs for that. You know, we've done we do events like the Bathurst Twelve Hour, where we we start the thing at, at quarter to five in the morning, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, in darkness and so forth. And we've got red flags and so forth. And we rely on guys to do the right thing, but we try and add as much realism as we can to it. We don't just let people escape out and quickly jump into the car and go again. You have to sit there so the broadcast can see it. So there's all those facts is in behind it that you do and you man you put a lot of effort into trying to create something as close to the real series as you can we'd love to be able to limit the laps that you can do like the real series and we've been asked so many times do it this way but i mean it's it's impossible you just go and private testing and copy the copy the settings and away you go so there's no point you know so we, we we leave it as is but that's what we're always trying to do and we do listen to what people say and we take it on board because we our, our some of our best ideas or or sorry the best features i should say not our ideas because they, they weren't ours the best features in scops were brought up by people saying man i wish we could do that and you, and you sit there you're going that would be so cool if we could do it how do we do that <laughs> well what if yeah. we did could we do could we, well if we did it this would it work and and you 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 spitball an idea and you make it something and i, I actually watched the safety car happen with another group and thought that's brilliant we can use yeah. that. And, yeah, and, and we weren't the first to do it. We, we brought it across to Scops and we wrote a set of rules to make it work. And I think it's a great feature. It works really, really well. So Definitely. You know, it adds to that series. broadcast and adds to the realism, adds to everything. So like uh, we talk about it. It's, it's a, it is, as it says, it's a premier package for Australian iRacing content in Australia. So Well, it, it is. It really is. It's the closest racing you're going to get, especially as far as V8s. And when you've got people like, you know, SVG and, and Stanaway putting a team together just to race in it, even though they yep. did get themselves disqualified. But I um, <laughs> <They> did. <laughs> even, even like, and you know, you've got maybe, people. Maybe you should have got Brock Feeney to step in for him. For, for that's it. <laughs> for Shane, maybe. <laughs> So, like, like when you've people like that wanting to race in in your series, like it's the t- it's it's as good as it, it gets out there. So you've yeah. done a really good job, and I want you to remember that. Um, you. Look, don't let anyone get you down. You're doing a great job, and those people will they'll just be like that. And I should they, they wouldn't, but I wish me too. You know, I, I, I wish I had the pace that they did because I would ditch this bloody admin job and I'd be out there racing because I'd love to be able to, to race in a series like that that's administered that way. It's fantastic. But I'm, I'm, I'm practicing the V8 the side, because so. the one thing I, I want from, for Locked On Racing is to have a Locked On Racing team in, Scops. That's all I want, but I Mate, just can't. I just got to Kick off someone. in the dev series with us, which is about to kick off in about 10 minutes. So. I've just got to find about 15 <laughs> seconds a lap and I'll be good for it, I reckon. <laughs> 
we'll um, we'll have to get you back, Mike, uh, when we yeah. do our next round of interviews, and we'll we'll have a, a full debrief it. of um of the whole scops and yeah, we'll get, get right into it. It'd be great, mate. Would be yeah. more than happy to chat with you anytime, boys. Give us a yeah. yell, happy to help out. We'll do, mate. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, Mike. That was an actually an awesome, real piece of content. So I hope you all got everyone got a little bit out of that because I definitely did. So. Once again, just treat people nicely if you can. That'd be great. Um, we we were subtly talking about something completely different there at one stage as well. Um, there's been some other things happening in some other discords recently, so shout out to those people who aren't doing the best, and hopefully they get better soon. Uh, this is brought to you by Brewster Coffee, which can help you hopefully get better if you're a coffee person. B-R-E-W-S-T-R dot coffee. Go and check out the website. Go rate your local place. Go find a new place near you that's got a rating on there. Go see if it's what what people say it is. It might be something new. It might be the thing you've been missing out on all your life. Uh, definitely Brewster Coffee. Go support them. 30,000 different reviews on there for you to check out around the world, anywhere in the world. If you're in Slovenia, go check out your local brewer, uh, Brewster. It might be some might be the one thing you need. Uh, also, shout out to uh, Clayton, who I beat last Thursday. Clayton Davies, CD Symphography. He's a legend. He's got some really good pics. Just go check out his Facebook. Just browse through it. Uh, even if you don't order some photos, just browse through some of the great content that he's doing. He's an absolute legend. If you like it, chuck it a like. Give uh, give it a little heart. That's even better. And then share it with your friends because he's got some really good stuff over there. But quickly, we are so far behind. I apologize for this, but we're going to get straight into the results. And speaking of scops, let's just keep it going. We've got Jay Kennedy to talk about the actual results that happened over the weekend in the support series, in the trucking legends, and obviously the big waste, the scops enduro at Philip Island. Take it away, Jay. And welcome yet again to Jay Kennedy to the podcast, mate. How are you going? Fantastic, mate. Been a busy, busy, busy few days, but uh, got some sleep finally and uh, back into it again. You got sleep. You're a lucky man. How do you I do that? I had one night off. I had a night off. Only oh, one, wow. but I had a night off. Jay Kennedy gets a night off. This is Doesn't a- happen often. amazing. So what, what did they do? Just what did you let Fanti get on the Facebook no, we, page we again had... and, and announce things that no one knows about? <laughs> announce things doing typos <laughs> at five in the morning when he shouldn't be posting stuff on Facebook. No, yeah, no, we, we won't just, go um, The end, end of one season, start of another and a week off from uh, oh. Monday night broadcasting. So night off, week 13 coming up. I might get a couple of nights off maybe. Oh, take it when you get it. Anyway, we're not here to talk about your sleep schedule. We're here to talk about the eight scops. What happened? We've got a support series to go through, then we've got 38 gate to get through and all kinds of good stuff. So let's go to let's go to V8 race one on Friday night, mate. What happened? Yeah, so V8 support series, uh, really, really good races. Uh, all three races in the support series all night. Uh, race one, or well, the format uh, for the V8s for, firstly was uh, you needed to pit in one of the two races. Drivers could choose <laughs> which one they wanted to, okay, whether they pitted yep. in race one or race two. Um, and a progressive grid. So if you pitted early or you pitted in race one, you'd obviously start further back in race two, and that would even out for the second race. Yep. Um, in the end, we only saw three drivers not pit in the first race. Aaron Gilbert picked up the win ahead of Henry King, his teammate, and uh, a late safety car sort of made a few drivers who made that pit stop call take big advantage because they had great, great oh, yeah. pace at the end of that race. And uh, Henry King was able to get past everyone except his teammate in the end, and Aaron Gilbert held on for the win. Well done. Very well done all. Sounds like an interesting format. So what did happen in race two then? Yeah, so race two, we saw uh, a bit of a comeback from Fusion Sim Racing, who uh, haven't really seen too much in 
V8 circles for a long, long time. And uh, they had four cars running and picked up a one-two in the end there. Josh Burden and Bobby Jovanovic, who uh, Bobby, to those of you uh, that listen that used to watch back in the very, very old V8s online days, will remember Bobby racing for Fusion Sim Racing. Nah, great to see him back out on track. And yeah, Fusion Sim Racing 1-2. Those guys just drove away from the field. And the uh, the battle behind, though, from uh, Bobby back was pretty close. And in the end, only about half a second separating the second, third, and fourth place cars being Jovanovic, Dan Stevens from Middle Finger Racing, and Henry King, who uh, took advantage of that uh, little bit of a, a good pa- Sorry, took advantage of the good pace that uh, he had the end of race one to uh, have a good starting position. Couldn't quite pick up the win though. And Josh Burden winning after a mistake from Henry King mid-race. Oh, nice. And Michael Whiting, 18th up to 5th, was a pretty good little effort. Yeah, really good effort too. Yeah, and uh, Brett Hender as well from 14th to 8th. And even Mazomo, he uh, he was uh, pretty uh, in the fight the whole way through. Had someone to battle with all night. And uh, Mez and Hender had some good battles midway through as well. So... Uh, good to see lots of really good battles. And if you haven't watched the, uh, the Friday night before V8 Scots before, it's uh, really, really good fun racing in the older generation V8, which uh, the drivers say drives like uh, one of the best cars on iRacing. They love it. It uh, drives a lot more as you would expect. You can uh, The brakes will actually bite the way that they should. And the tyres react in the way that they think they should and they can bring the tyres back and cycle the tyres back by uh, not working the tyres too hard. So uh, the drivers can't speak highly enough of how good the old V8s are. Oh, there you go. And we'll be getting new V8s soon anyway, I assume, with all these new tracks that are coming through, Gen 3 and all that kind of stuff. So old V8s will be new V8s and old V8s in the end anyway. So especially Fountain says there's a third track coming for Australia. Yeah, (laughs) good job, Fonty. (laughs) Yeah, well done. Uh, Let's move on to the trucking legends um, because there's a lot of names here that I recognize and and some really good efforts here. So what happened in the trucking legends? Yeah, so trucking legends, uh, 10-minute race in the legend car. And uh, surprisingly, the draft had absolutely zero effect on the drivers at Phillip Island. So we're expecting a real big draft drafting race, but obviously the wind direction meant that the draft was almost... (laughs) Those Nothing. tiny little cars just got um, blown around. So, so it pretty much <laughs> not a huge amount of action in it. And Aaron Russell, formerly of uh, Supercars fame, teammate of mine at Talking, so I'll talk him up for a second. Oh, there you go. Picked up, picked up the win in uh, – Yeah, poor guy. Having me and Mitch <laughs> McLeod as teammates, poor bloke. Yep. Um, picks up the win in the Legends in the end um, and Hobbo in second. So Dan Stevens all but wrapped up the championship with a, a decent result there. He – goes in with a pretty much unbeatable lead with one round to go, the last round being at Bathurst next round, uh, which will be a special Saturday night race. Ooh, can't wait. Big shout-out, though. Fourth, fifth, and sixth. Sam, Sam Stride, I've, I've driven a few scraps races with him. Yeah. Uh, Reese Gardner and Justin Howell in there as well. Well done, guys. They're a very good effort. Even Nick Scarridge, you back down there in eight. Yep. Uh, a very, very strong field. Well done. And Nick's... Or pretty much wrapped up second place in that championship as well. So really good result for him. He's done well and uh, just been really consistent. Yep. Um, and Reese uh, again, doing double duty because he did comms for the V8s yep. as well. So <laughs> jumped straight out of the booth, straight into the car and then come back and... Uh, he's a freak, decent isn't he? Result. He is a freak. He's, he's yeah. a machine, Reese Gardner is. So uh, can't speak highly enough of that man. 
Okay, so let's go to the enduro. Do have to? Where do you want to start, mate? <laughs> Look, let's start from the start. Qualifying was really, really in- interesting and really intense. Uh, again, a different format for qualifying. We broke the, the cars up into three 15-car groups, and they had 15 minutes per group. And we saw with the track evolution, drivers in certain groups were taking big, big, uh, big, big advantage and gaining bulk positions from their pre-qualifying times. But in the end, it was still the same group of drivers that we found at the front of the field for qualifying, as you would expect. Um, No real surprise. Lots of Altus Esports cars uh, up the top. Lots of Trans-Tasman cars up the top. But P1 went to uh, James Scott in the... uh, Sorry, pole position went to James Scott. P2 to Brady Myers. Brady did a great job in qualifying their car as well. Some big surprises, though, with poor qualifying that we would have expected to do better. Um, I was about to say, are you surprised by Synergy? Because we we were talking um, them up. We we were talking them up. I mean, Jordan Ross and Jackson Susan Harlow qualified fifth and ended up finishing second. So they've got a big lead in the the teams, uh, sorry, in the endurance championship. But yeah, we, um, we did talk them up a bit, but yeah, they didn't quite have as much pace as expected. Um, I want to also give a shout out for qualifying as well. Corey Shepard did a really good job once again. Seems to be doing absolutely fantastic in qualifying at the moment. He's doing a great job. Um, P7 in qualifying, but yeah, same same sort of cars in that that front five group. So Altus Esports P1, uh, TTR P2, Altus P3, P4 was Trans Tasman as well, and then the uh, the Synergy Sim Racing uh, pair up of Jackson Susan Harlow, who's a overdriving with uh, the Synergy guys for the Enduros. He and Jordan Ross uh, qualified in fifth. Definitely good. Shout out to the friends of the podcast, Shervo and Chasty, for A, making um, uh, making the field and, and getting 31st in qualifying. Well done, boys. They uh, they didn't have it easy, but they uh, they finished the race only a lap down as well. So that was yeah, a was pretty good very, effort too. So very well they, did, they did a really good job. And they were caught up in something we're not going to talk about. So let's go on to the next part. Let's let the race began and then it finished. What happened in between? Yeah, so it was a very, very uh, controversial race for lots of reasons. There was a big uh, crash turn uh, turn four on lap one, uh, SVG. No, never. A little, little bit of contact into someone field who pushed, pushed onto the grass. <laughs> he then took out three or four other cars. And there was another incident which we actually missed off broadcast because there's so much other stuff going on where there was about three or four other cars involved in a really big incident as well, which hurt a few cars and, and took them out of the race very, very early on. So there's that, but the, the one thing that surprised myself, Lockie and Reese, those two obviously in comms was the amount of times that drivers were able to make moves or try to make moves or even hold position around the outside at turn one at Phillip Island. Absolutely really? unprecedented. Absolutely amazing to watch. Um, some brilliant wow. driving from lots and lots of drivers. Uh, start of the race was very much the the front three qualifiers all battling for position and all had uh, at times that they led the race until uh, an early safety car. So uh, the 22 car of uh, Brady Myers, Ethan Warren, they led for a good portion of the first stint. Sam Blacklock, James, Black, uh, James Scott's car, they led for a bit. Um, and the car of uh, Jordan Caruso and Cooper Webster. They led for a bit too. We had an early safety car due to a blown engine, a little downshift from the 009 uh, race on Oscar. P1 
popped the engine at Honda, brought out a safety car around that 20, I think it was. And then from there, we had another caution, which uh, led to a bit of controversy around about lap 38. Uh, safety car came out then, <laughs> yep. uh, 38. Some drivers pitted straight away. Some drivers went an extra lap, which uh, is where there's some controversy that's come about. But then from there, it was a, a real strategic race because there were drivers that had stayed out and had gone, well, we're only going one stop. There's other drivers that decided, yes, we're going. We're going the two stop. Uh, sorry, that the, they'd gone two stops at that point, so it meant four versus three stops. Yeah. Um, drivers that we thought would capitalize on that were the likes of McLaren Shadow, Emily Jones, Josh Muggleton. They couldn't quite get the strategy to work. The yeah. only car that did make that strategy work was the uh, Pursuit Sim Racing 201. They gained a few spots out of it. Uh, they would have been out of position, but they ended up finishing in 11th position. Struggled on older tyres in the end, but... Uh, they did a very, very good job. Uh, but big shout-outs that not necessarily in that top three, but uh, Blake Purdy, Job Stewart, they drove a really good race or race. Unfortunately, they were involved in a little bit of an incident late on with the 18 car with Lee Ellis and Kurt Stenberg, which we caught after we ran through the results. But that number 18 car, they were on for P4. At one point, they were looking like they might be able to, to snag a podium, but they finished 10th in the end. They did say they'd be happy with the top 10, but I think how the race played out, they'll be dejected that they didn't end up with a top five. So shout out to Lee and Kurt. They did a really good job, but in the end, no one was able to get to even be close to Caruso. Sorry, my uh, Google's talking to me in the background. Caruso and Webster. Um, Does Google who... talk to you a lot? No. Oh, she does. Um, <laughs> they, they were they were just too good in the end. The strategy worked out. They were both very evenly matched on pace. They led the most laps. Uh, they, the only thing that they didn't get was the fastest lap of the race, which went to uh, Brady Myers in the end. So um, other than that, a nearly faultless race from the uh, number 12 car, who now look like they're probably favourites for Bathurst in three weeks' time. But championship-wise, Enduro Cup-wise... Uh, both very spicy. The the one four three synergy sim racing car they lead the the endurance cup championship by quite a margin, but yep. the overall championship between Madison Down and Richard Hampstead yeah. ten little, points between little sneaky them overtake at the end four, of the race there yeah. spiced that was, it up a lot. <laughs> that that one overtake was enough to swing it back to Hampstead only being ten points behind. Bathurst now means so much more. Only three yep. rounds to go after Bathurst as well. We're into the closing stages and the championship is well and truly alive. Other seasons we've seen, you know, one driver pull away a fair, fair margin by this point, but for it only be 10 points now, that's incredibly yeah. tight. And uh, uh, two of the, the old guns of the championship. Yeah, it's a strange season too where, where usually, you know, these the, the ones that are battling anyway, or you see them in the top three anyway, no matter what happens each week. Like these guys are battling for eighth, seventh, eighth, and ninth on a, on a regular occasion, or even fourth, fifth, sixth. Um, they're definitely not winning races to win championships. They're definitely both sort of just trying to beat each other at the moment. That's where where it sort of tends to be, which is very interesting for Scott. Yeah. Well, Madison's had a real up and down championship too. I mean, he's won yeah. equal equal the most races, but he's also had a couple of horrible finishes. You think back to. Alton Park, he had that issue where he was right at the back of the field. Whereas Richard Hampstead, on his bad rounds, he's been able to make the most of those and still get good points. Yep. So I think that's been the big difference between those two. But um, it would have been nice to be able to see Cooper and uh, Jordan 
be able to do a full season as well because yes, I think that, that would have been very, very cool to watch those four go at it championship-wise. Yeah, of course, real world's taken away. Um, two other shout-outs for great results too. The car that's uh, classified in fifth, the uh, United Synergy car of uh, Geordie Sinney and Kyle George. Fantastic yep. job from those guys to get a P5. And the uh, the DPR guys, top 10 in the championship, and you can see why they've both finished with a, another good result, that being Andrew Dyson and Adam Briggs, ninth for the race. But they, they just get good results all the time, and that's why they're top 10 in the championship. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking at um, Pursuits in Racing uh, 777 as well, yep. uh, of Casey Mann and Michael Palajanic. Uh, 41st up to 15th. Very, very well done as there as well. Yeah, horrible qualifying, but uh, yeah. they, they, they're the <laughs> sort of guys that can just, just drive through the field and they could probably start at the pits and, and that wouldn't worry Still them because it. they know how long the race is. So, yeah, it so was let's a, take an interesting a, day. Yes, we, we won't. Look, there's results have happened. There's eight minutes to be yep. made. We'll move on from there. It's not us. Yep. For, we'll, we'll probably talk about it on the podcast later on, uh, if not, we haven't already. But you, we're recording this early, anyway. Um, what's what's planned? So three weeks time, we've got a massive weekend of racing. What what is happening? Yep. So we'll be live for at least sixteen hours of that weekend. So Friday night, uh, Vets got support series. The uh, Porsches will be out on track to hundred k races. The Saturday we started around about three pm Australian Eastern Standard Time with the V eight support series, two hundred and fifty k race. Following that, we will then get into qualifying, one hour of qualifying for the Bathurst 1000. Uh, 50 cars at least. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're working on a couple of wild cards that may may run as well. So we may have wow. a couple of wild card entries in, so we could see more than 50 cars. Uh, from there, after the one hour of qualifying, we'll, uh, we'll have our final round of Trucking Legends, 20-minute race, so the longest race for those guys for the season in that. And yep. then to cap the Saturday night off, we will have our top 15 shootout, which is probably the most enjoyable session we cover in any <laughs> broadcast throughout the year. Absolutely love doing it and uh, yep. can't wait for that one. Sunday uh, is going to be a huge day. We'll, uh, we'll have iRacing Grand Prix Series very, very early in the morning. And, uh, and from there, I'm already dreading <laughs> looking at yep. the alarm clock at 5 a.m. to get, get up to broadcast that. But then after that, we will have the Bathurst 1000 live in full. Starting coverage around about 11 a.m. right through to the end, which should be around about 7.30 p.m., give or take. Okay. And I hear you're going to get some interviews with team owners and, and things like that all the way through the well, day to keep, yeah, keep well, things going. Yep. We'll obviously have the Zoom link going and try and grab some chats with all different people throughout. Um, Lockie Mansell will be back on the call with that. We've got Ryan Jones. Dreamy and... Lockie Mansell, you got to call him. Sorry. Yeah, I know. The dream boat. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so Lockie will be back, Reese will be back, and Ryan Jones will be back as well. May also have a couple of other guests coming in for comms throughout the day as well for a couple of hours as well. Can't say too much yet, but Ooh, definitely going to be a fun day. Um, we're also doubling up, uh, raising money for commentating for a cause as well for the Burns Support Charity here in Australia as well. So um, be heaps of info about that on our socials throughout the, the weeks leading up. And yeah, during the broadcast, we'll actually have um, donation link up as well. And we're going to open it up to that if people donate a certain amount of money, we will answer questions live on the broadcast as well, or do requests during the middle of the broadcast as well, whether it's onboard laps, chats with certain people, whatever. 
we'll do all different sorts of things. So um, as long as people donate, we'll be happy to do all different sorts of things as long as it's not Lockie singing. Oh, come on. That's okay. You have seen, you have seen that video. <laughs> I hope you've seen that viral video. No, not yet. I'll have to go look it up now. Um, if you want to donate to get your favourite podcast hosts on the show, then then do that as well. Do that 100%. Donate, donate, donate. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's at any time. 17th, 18th, 19th? Is that's that what correct. I've got? Yep. Excellent. Lock it in, and we're, we're looking forward to covering that as well. That'll be awesome stuff. Well, thank you so much, Jay, for your very limited time that you have and sharing it with us. No problem um, at all. We'll be talking to you again in a couple of weeks' time. Maybe even do a preview of what's coming up where just beforehand. I'll talk to you about that later, though. You have a really good one, mate, and we'll, have, have, we'll talk to you later. See you later. Bye. Thanks. And thanks for that, Jay. You are an absolute legend. I can't wait to recap what's happening with Bathurst 1000 when it comes along in a couple of weeks' time. It's going to be so good. So thank you, mate. We look forward to hearing you just before that and just after that. Uh, we are now on to Aussie Cars Formula Vs. I almost said Skip Bar, but it is Formula <laughs> Vs. Uh, we went to the ring. Uh, that's all I'm going to call it, Cal. I know you're listening. <laughs> it's the ring, GP layout, and we did an enduro. And for some reason, these Vs don't chew much fuel, and it became a one-stop race. Uh, did you get to check it out much at all? To be honest, no. uh, it was so hard between watching you uh, <laughs> driving around an oval and the E-Series and the Aussie car. I was just, there was too much content for my poor little brain to consume in one night. So I I had it on. I saw bits and pieces. I had a kind of a chat to the boys uh, after the race, but I, I didn't see too much of it. I know that uh, Cameron Dance went with the, the Masterstroke fuel saving and uh, did a lap longer than everyone else, and that really secured the race for him. Yep, definitely. So that Cameron Dance did win with the absence of Chas Mostert, unfortunately, racing in the E-Series. Um, too much to his disgust, I believe. Uh, <laughs> so 102 points he took away because he got the bonus for the fastest lap and the pole. Didn't get the one, 0x, so uh, only one person by the look of it got the 0x. So well done to Sean McKenzie for going around that place uh, for 50 minutes in a V and not ca- causing any issues with anyone. Well done. Uh, Kirk Broadhurst come home second from seventh on the grid, which is a really good effort as well. Uh, Michael Skirley, Skirlock went from second back down to third uh, to finish in the final spot of the podium. Uh, now, Chris Noble got fourth. We will talk about Simon Clayson, who went from 15th up to fifth. Very good effort. Daniel Hedeshide, 11th up to sixth. Uh, Ryan Howe in seventh. Uh, Lee Partridge in eighth. Nathan Verney, our very own uh, ninth got ninth after getting third in Polly. Well done, Nathan. Very good effort. Uh, the man himself, Ira Felberg, uh, jumping from 30th up to 10th in the V. I think he did a one-stop Massive strategy effort. as well. I believe um, so. Uh, I think he he was chasing down Nathan at the end because Nathan ran out of fuel, uh, uh, but then Ira also <laughs> ran out of fuel. So they both <laughs> lived themselves across the line from memory. So, yeah, um, but shout out to Ira. 30th to 10th. That's a mega effort. Well done. Yeah, definitely. Very, very good effort. Uh, so that means uh, we go to the championship table and Cameron Dance back on top. After We're... fighting his way back uh, from a really disastrous opening round, he's uh, managed to claw his way back up to the top, the top podium. Yeah, did you see that coming after the first round or two? No, not at all. No, so it's been a pretty massive effort to, to do that, to be honest. Um, well yeah. So 419, uh, Michael Skurlock puts himself into second, 397. So only 20 points or 20 odd points away. 
Really good effort. Ryan Howe in third at 393. Lee Partridge in fourth and 379. Simon Clayson in fifth on 376. Nathan Thurney, what a job. Sixth place in the V-Series after after not the best season one to his own standards, uh, but a very good effort to, to be in there um, in seventh, uh, sixth, sorry. Um, Kirk Broadhurst in seventh. Uh, Joseph Jesus the fourth in, in eighth. Uh, Stuart Crawford in ninth, and Chaz Mostert still sitting in tenth with all those points that he's, um, he, all those races he's missed, all those points he's got from perfect rounds. Uh, very, very well done. Uh, let's go to the road to two K. We see Ryan Howe in on top by three ninety three, and Simon Clayson in second on three seventy six. Now, I will preface this: most of these points are very, very close to what Ira's been posting up. We're running a spreadsheet in the background. There are a few discrepancies, very, very minor at this stage. So, if we are out a little bit, just yeah, bear with us. Aaron Gattini in third on 295. Aaron Freend in fourth on 297. Rick Berger in fifth uh, in 276. 275, Vic Ben Feltson uh, in sixth there. Ray Oliver seventh. Uh, Matthew Gattini in eighth. Cal up to ninth. And Matthew Harriet in tenth. Over yeah. in the uh, team points, the Locked On lads uh, got a healthy lead in first place. So hopefully this round won't be coming down to a one-point uh, finale uh, over Alpha Team Racing, who we may or may racing, not see please. this week. We're not too sure. Uh, Aussie Car Racing Team Red in third place. Orico Racing fourth. Aussie Car Racing Team Blue fifth. Chill Out Motorsports, A&M Racing. Locked On iRacing News and Results, Locked On Black Sheep Racing, and Locked On Lads Road to 2K rounding out the top 10 in the team's points. Yes, so final yeah. round heading to Zolder um, and everything on the line for uh, Cameron Dance and Michael Skurlock and Ryan Howe to see if the you know one bad race from uh, Cameron Dance could see one of those other boys pop through and, and take the championship. Yep, definitely. So quickly, we'll head from there into the E-Series. It's obviously an iRacing thing that happened, and it's got a lot of coverage. Uh, I got to, to watch a fair chunk of it today. Congratulations to the Warren Brothers. Now, I think I mentioned them when I threw them stuff out last week. I'm going to claim it anyway. Uh, Dane <laughs> Warren, defending champion, uh, did take the, the first race uh, ahead of his brother, uh, Ethan, in second. So well done to that. That's an amazing effort. Uh, so, and then third went to Burton, actually Burton came home really strong with a, with a different pitch strategy, went as long as he could, uh, to, to end up getting the, the, um, win in the, sorry, the third place, the podium in the last couple of corners. Now I watched the broadcast and you see some, there's some pit entries that are very iffy. People lost it on the last one. You know, Red Bull Ring, where your you pit entry and, and the last turn are at yeah. odds with what you've got to do. Uh, these V8s lost it into that and then slid into the pits, clearly crossing the red bit of paint. Unfortunately, I think it was uh, Corey Shepard, who had definitely had pace, and um, Jordan Caruso, who just got himself up into second, when it happened, and I think it was more lost control and just found themselves in the pits, what it looked like more off, more than actually deciding the pit, but it could have been both, but uh, clearly got a, um unsafe pit entry from iRacing for that. And and the commentators couldn't understand why these guys were at the back of the field, and I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, <laughs> you just showed the replay three <laughs> times. Um, and it was clearly what happened, but I assume, like, maybe I'm wrong, but um, unfortunately... Um, yeah, so they, they end up at the back of the field. 
but, but uh, Jackson, Susan Harlow, uh, and Jake Burton were the two that fought it out uh, towards the end there. Very good effort from them. Uh, Corey Webster, bad qualifying, came came back to to get a top 10, which was really good. Um, Phil Sell was in there at the end as well. So there was some really good racing around Red Bull Ring for the E-Series uh, by the by the pros. Um, it was one of those tracks. It was one of those races. It was just too short, like 13 laps around Red Bull Ring. The V8s had some draft, but you didn't see that, like there wasn't the big overtaking, but there was some very well-crafted um, moves around there and there's some good you know two wide action around corners that was very respectful racing which was really good and then we went to the pro series which <laughs> went to charlotte and was anything but that um caruso uh, kostecki sorry brock uh i'm having a shocker here brody kostecki uh took pole position um so we're very well done to him and it was it wasn't by a small margin either. It was like 0.12 of a second on an oval race with, uh, around Charlotte, which was amazing. Very, very well done. That's where the sort of the fun ended. Um, they they lapped around. I sort of half fell asleep during part of this because it was I was exhausted. But um, Chaz into the pit wall in entry. A few guys went too hot into pit lane. Uh, some, there was some blue flags car. causing issues from memory. Yeah, there was there was a lot of things, and and then there was just a lot of crashes. Um, they had fast repair on, so people get in, get out, but were laps down. And then at one stage, there was only two of them on the lead lap, <laughs> so it's it's their race to to lose, and lose they did. <laughs> they're in amongst traffic. They're running around like they're, they're just they're battling. There's still like four laps to go in an oval race, and you just like a thirty eight lap race, and um, yeah, they decided to very, very precisely take each other out. So all of a sudden, they're not a lap. They've had to come in for damage, so they're not. So the whole field, I think it was eight drivers, got back on the lead lap all of a sudden, and Anton uh, Di Pasquale found himself in first, but then was in a battle with people who were laps down, Scotty Pye and um, oh, the Shannon's car, I can't remember who it was, but um, basically battling it out with them, Um but Cam Waters was a couple of cars back, but couldn't catch up to him because they both had the draft and they weren't getting any any leverage on each other. Stanaway, who just looked fast from the start and is a, a beast in the in the sim anyway, was then menacing behind that. And you're like, okay, it's Anton's. He's just got to stay, be like you know, stay on the track, and he's good. A couple laps to go, and then it was like the second last lap. He's entangled with with these cars that were a couple laps down, as you do in iRacing, and he's got flown into the air, taking Cam Waters out on the way through, and Stanaway's just cruised through for a couple laps to go win. Uh, so, yeah, it was literally chaos. Um, Oscar Pistrara, uh, can you pronounce that for me? I know who you're about. Yes, he was the wildcard <laughs> entry, so it was really good to see him uh, racing around there. Uh, he he ended up in the top ten, so so well done for everyone to get them, get get him in. Um, I guess the I won't go on it too much because we are so far behind. Um, no Red Bull racing at all the whole yeah. week, whole whole series, which is very interesting considering how much Giz loves his sim. I I don't know what's going on there. Um, it's and very it's a, interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's some behind the scenes stuff or whether it's just. Are they coming for one of the other rounds? Like, or you know, I haven't I seen know. anything to say they're out indefinitely. But I also haven't yeah. seen. You'd think they would announce something if you know uh, Gizzy was going to race. So it's all a bit, yeah, a bit weird. I'd like to get some more information on that. 
Yeah, definitely. And more information on the DJR that we talked about last week, where they said we had two pro drivers, but one all-star driver. The pro drivers are actually sharing the car. So you'll mm. get Anton one week, you're going to get Will Davis in the other week. So, Although having said that, I did watch a little YouTube thing on Supercar's uh, YouTube page where um, he was very happy to, Will was very happy to say, no, 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 Anton can keep driving. And he, that's his thing. <laughs> I, I, no need for me to jump in. So yeah, don't yeah. be surprised if you don't see Will Davidson in the car either. Um, now, just quickly before we move on, yep. um, how cool did the safety car look? By the way, it did, I, I yeah. actually thought the the Ford, um, the, Ford the GT yeah. in the in the BP Ultimate paint actually it's amazing, looked really really cool. So yeah. just a, a little uh, shout. Can out I do to another that. quick shout out to the broadcast value that they put on the YouTube version? This, which is where I watched it. The first ad break, you had the audio up for the ads, but they just had the studio shots so they had crompton sitting there doing practice runs and moving his hands around and he could talk it and then he had the other two guys um uh, what, uh anyways they, the, the other two guys which are the actual i, I love their commentary they, they've always been really good in this in this but they're sitting there one's on their phones one's taking selfies <laughs> the, the one singing along with the with the music and it, it went on for about two and a half minutes of these two <laughs> not having any idea they were getting filmed and broadcast on youtube that's funny. Really good stuff. I love it. Go back and check it out. Um, let's go to Sunday Night Lights. So we have a piece with Alex McKellar. Hopefully this this happens. Uh, so take it away, Alex. Tell us about Sunday Night Lights. Thanks, Wilco, and g'day, everyone. Alex McKellar here, the host of Top Split TV's ongoing coverage of Sunday Night Lights. Round 11, the penultimate round, saw us at Nürburgring, finally for the first time since its initial release. And finally, I hear you say, as the collective sigh of relief rings out across the Skippy community, and it was the fantastic Grand Prix layout that greeted the drivers for the 11-lap race. Qualifying saw Julian Afray top the timesheets, a full two-tenths ahead of the returning series leader Ludwig Giedi in second. The second row saw Skippy regular but SNL debutant Nick Vaughan-Roberts starting third with the highest qualifying ANZ driver Vasco Sarovsky joining him on the second row of the grid and starting in fourth in what was his strongest two-lap performance of the series. George Maddock and Giuseppe Tolenni returned to fill out the third row of the grid with leading Japanese driver Gael Kawabe starting from seventh. The remaining ANZ drivers in the field, Corey Lean and Locked On iRacing's own Braden Martin, started ninth and eleventh respectively, with Martin thinking about what might have been at one of his favourite circuits. In typical fashion, after what was a poor qualifying effort by his standards, Corey Lean looked to move forward and made up two positions by the time the field hit the last chicane on the first lap. However, it was this aggression that saw Lean take the vicious slowdown penalty that comes on this second apex and drop sharply down the order as the field crossed the line at the end of lap one. Lean's drop from seventh position also split the field, which until that point was separated by under six seconds top to tail, with the top six drivers headed up by Team Ivano's Ludwig Giedi after he had put the moves on pole sitter O'Frey in the opening stages, with Sarovsky right in amongst it in fifth, Kawabe stuck to the tail of the front pack like glue. While that front pack was relatively sedate in their attempt to further their breakaway, the second pack was really doing their work for them, with the two and three wide battles commencing from the closing stages of lap two. With the likes of Wade and Tolini really mixing it up early and Braden Martin buried in the pack, it gave Corey Lean an early chance to get right back into the action. 
and the action continued to follow Lean as through the last corner on lap four, he and the UK and I's Nathan Wade came together, with the man from over the pond coming off second best and dropping four positions immediately. The mid-stages of the race saw leading ANZ driver on the night Vasco Sarovsky fall away from the front five and run what turned out to be a lonely race caught between the two islands of the lead and chasing packs. While the front pack really started to get busy with moves aplenty commencing from the start of lap 7, this saw Maddock take a stint at the front and O'Frey shuffled back to fourth, which was the catalyst for the Frenchman to start pushing for position. It was that jostling that at the end of lap 8 saw the front pack split once again with Geedy and Maddock taking the free kick of the side-by-side action through the final chicane to immediately build a gap. O'Frey also immediately spotting the threat, pulled back the offence and tucked in behind Vaughan Roberts with a view to minimising the damage, but it was all too late as by the end of the next lap, the lead pair were already out by nearly two seconds from the chasing trio who were left to fight over the scraps. And it was the lead pair from which the race was decided on the final lap and as expected in the final chicane where we saw Geedy break masterfully on the inside line and get a good enough run out of the second apex to immediately take an inside and defensive line into the final corner to hold off the hard-charging George Maddock. Behind the front pair, it was O'Frey who performed similarly to Geedy who took out the race in securing third, just ahead of debutant Nick Vaughan Roberts with the ever-patient goal Kawabe rounding out the top five. Leading ANZ driver of the night in his breakout performance of the season was Vasco Sarovsky who, while dropping a couple of positions, did manage sixth overall just ahead of the strong recovery performance of Corey Lane. This left the other ANZ driver in the field, Braden Martin, battling it out with the lone Italian driver, Giuseppe Tolini, losing out, unfortunately, and winding up in 10th. Quickly jumping around the grounds to check on the ANZ regulars in the lowest splits, we saw an ANZ podium lockout in the second split, with Justin Watt taking out an unprecedented third victory in the second split in the same season. Watt finished ahead of Paul Wilson and locked on iRacing's Nathan Verney, who rounded out the podium positions. Other notable local drivers in the second split were Mitchell Nichols, Mitchell McLeod and Michael Skurlock, who finished 11th, 14th and 15th respectively. Mark Jeffo Jeffrey Watch sees us dive all the way down to 12th position in the third split with a stronger turnout of drivers this week. And limited points on offer, this will hurt what has otherwise been a very strong season for the perennial supporter of the series. Turning our attention to the championship standings after 11 rounds, with drop rounds in play and just the single race remaining, we see Mivano Sim Racing's Ludwig Geedy retain his overall lead after taking out his fourth win of the season at the same track that saw him secure a Formula Renault championship in real life. Julian O'Frey continues to hold down second position with a tough fight ahead of him in the final round if he holds out any hope to chase down the Mivano racer out front. Corey Lean remains in third position as the leading ANZ driver overall with the top five rounded out by Giuseppe Tolini and locked on iRacing's Braden Martin who has burst onto the SNL landscape this season. Mitchell Nichols is the next best ANZ driver in seventh followed closely by Vasco Sarovsky who is up two positions this week to sit in eighth. Mark Jeffrey drops to 11th overall, where he is tied with Nathan Verney, with the other ANZ drivers on the leaderboard being second split dominator Justin Watt in 15th 
and Paul Wilson just sneaking on in 20th. The final round of the season sees the biggest race of the week head to what has seemingly been the home of end of season racing at the streets of Long Beach. The circuit making its final appearance in the track rotation for the time being. As we chase down our season 24 champion, make sure you join us on track or over at the Top Split TV Twitch channel next Sunday night at 9.15pm Australian Eastern Standard, where once again it will be the place to be on a Sunday night. Thank you as always to our friends over at the Locked On iRacing Podcast for their ongoing support of both Sunday Night Lights and of the broader iRacing community. But for now, and until next week, this is Alex McKellar signing off. Ciao for now. Thanks for that, Alex. You're an absolute legend. Uh, Sunday Night Lights doing a great, great job. So we talked about Aussie Car Formula Skip Barber before. Let's go through the actual results for that. Um, where do you yeah. want to start, mate? Yeah, you so uh, you're the one who did well. Go the other it. Alex became uh, not the other Alex this week, uh, taking the win. So Alex John uh, from Alex McKellar in second place uh, with myself, unfortunately, um, not able to pull off the, the win uh, and rounding out the podium. However, interest, interestingly, like we mentioned last week, uh, we can now talk about round winners. If you were going round winners, the two Alexes would have shared the top spot because Alex McKellar got fastest lap and pole. So 100 points each out of the weekend. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Chasty continues his strong form of not finishing outside the top four in any race so far this season in fourth spot uh, from Russell Clark, Matthew Mites, Tim Corn, Nathan Verney, and John Schultz. And then now, Sean Doyle, sorry, rounding out the top 10. I quickly, uh, the top five stayed the top five the whole race, which was w- very interesting to see that for starters. Matthew might say, starts 10th, finishes 6th. It's the biggest mover in that top 10 once again. Um, so well done, season. obviously on consistency for starters, but yeah, that's a, a really good effort to, to jump up all those places. Yeah, there weren't too many big movers um, in the field. Uh, Timothy Harris, uh, 16th up to 11th. John Schultz, 14th up to 9th. And as you mentioned, um, tenth up to six for Matthew Mites. Uh, Darren Lasso twenty eighth up to twentieth um, was a good effort, um, yep. and then yourself twentieth up to fifteenth. But apart from that, the, the the movers weren't too big. It was um a little bit more line of stern this week. Yeah, it was a very very much a one pace race. Um, everyone sort of just holding ground until the end, except for Ben Snell. Ben Snell decided to do reversing on the on the straight <laughs> and you know flip spinning it and all that kind of stuff, and then just got caught up in an accident and went out. We don't yep. think you wanted to relive that, but that happened. Um, so we run over to the championship points. Again, we may have some small discrepancies, so don't hold this as gospel at the moment. Uh, James Chastanoff uh, leads the way going into the last round with a 50-point lead over Alex McKellar in second, Alex John in third, and Matthew Mites in fourth. So Matthew Mites needing to make up a 12-point gap to try and bridge uh, the gap to that third spot. But uh, he's got fifth and fifth. Right behind him, four points. So absolutely, John Schultz and uh, Russell Clark nipping and Sean Doyle years. just one, one point, point behind point. that. Yeah. I remember watching the broadcast and they had the live thing, and it was I think it was Mitesy and Doyle were on exactly the same amount of points if they finished the way they did. So yeah, uh, it's crazy. Uh, Nathan Verney, Timothy Harris, and somehow myself around out the top ten. Um, over to the road to two K. Jeremy Bush currently leading, but oh, looking no. like he will miss the last round in a sad turn of events. 
Um, unfortunately, some family things are on, and it means that he might not. Uh, well, looks like he won't be able to race, which is, is a real shame because he's really strung together a pretty consistent season this season. Yeah, uh, but that will leave people like Tim and Peter and Darren and Clayton and Leon and Craig all fighting for those podium positions, uh, which is going to be really interesting in this last race. Because at the moment, Peter, uh, you're in third, but with Jeremy missing would be a chance at second. But behind you is Darren Lasso, five points behind you. Uh, Clayton Davies and Leon, just a further two points behind that. And then Craig Kerman, just one point behind. So it is all up for grabs in the road to 2K if Jeremy can't make it. Yes, definitely. It's going to be... It's not going to finish like that. That that's <laughs> that that table is not the way it's going to finish. There's going to be some big changes with two races to go, especially at Zolder. Um, especially since I haven't done any practice there yet, I don't think. Oh, no, I have. I've a done bit. a little bit. It's all you good. did a little bit of practice there. on the wrong chicane. I was chicane. doing the wrong chicane. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, heading over to the team points. Unfortunately... Uh, Top Split Racing have just pipped uh, myself and Chasty in the Locked On Podcast News and Results team by four points at this point in time. Again, uh, points pending. Uh, we might be having a small discrepancy there. Uh, from Locked On Podcast interviews in third, Van Diemen Racing fourth, White Knuckle Racing fifth, Locked On Lads Man Cave Podcast in sixth, ORT Aussie Car Racing Team seventh, Locked On Black Sheep Racing eighth, Locked On Lads Road to 2K ninth, and then High Octane Sim Sport rounding out the team's top 10 as well. So all to play for coming into this last round. Um, it looks like all things going well and Chasty keeping a safe race in at least one of the races uh, should be enough to see him um, earn his first uh, title in Aussie car. And it means we'll have to have him on the podcast, Pete. Oh, damn it. Terrifying. Um, Chevo won't like that, but anyway. Um, let's move on to Anne's car, where we've got Carl Withy going to give you a full rundown of all the action. We did have trucks... We did have Thunder, and we had the start of the Chase Series in the Cup. So take it away, Carl. Thanks, lads, and welcome to the Anscar Wrap-Up. This week, we finally had all three series back on track with Trucks, Thunder, and Cup. Season 3 of the Trucks Series kicked off at Auto Club Fontana. DD Dave Douglas would take the first pole of the season and lead the early laps of the race. Philip Wally and Jaden Russell would have an early accident, but the caution would not fall. We would see a nice long green stint with some good side-by-side -side racing on the tricky track, running up to four wide at stages. As we got to half distance, the caution would finally fall, giving the pack the chance to come in for their pit stops. We would see a second caution, eight or so laps later, meaning a few drivers would come in to aid them to the end of the race. A third wreck would come out shortly after, meaning, you know, the usual yellow breeding yellow situation. The race would go back to green, and we would get up to 11 laps to go before a final caution would come, and hard racing would commence on track. Norman Clark rolled the dice and stayed out, gaining the lead for the final run. He would fall back a little, but Ryan Jones would lose the tail on the low, pushing Martin into Clark and giving us a final wreck of the night. The front pack would battle hard to the end, the less than, cigarette, less than a cigarette paper between the cars on the last few laps. But eventually, wily old fox Josh Micklemore would take... would time it right on Michael Scurlock, taking the victory over the Welsh Wonder. Third place was Jason Martin, fourth for Stephen Williams, and fifth for Dave Douglas. Next Monday, the trucks head off to Iowa. The Lady in Black comes up next for a double header with Thunder and Cup. 
Some think this track is too tough to tame, and many will agree after some of the wrecks we saw. We start with the Xfinity series, the Wednesday Night Thunder, and it was Joshua Carroll Walden on pole. The race would see a steady start with drivers settling onto the deep black line in a single file format, waiting for an opportunity to pounce. Drivers went 37 laps into the race before we saw our first caution come out. As a driver clipped the wall, causing a checkup, this would lead to the field to pit. But two accidents in pit lane caused chaos. Notable was Micklemore, who got a drive through, and Joshua Carroll Walden, who spun. The green would fall, and series champion Gallagher would lead away, running a 20 lap stint before we would see another accident unfold. Yellow flag once more bringing the race to neutrality, and the cars streamed down pit lane. Brenton West rolled the dice by taking two right side tyres only and led the race, but the cars with the fresh rubber did manage to pass him at the front, leaving him running in third behind Foster and Gallagher, who put on a fantastic show up to the next caution on lap 76. None of the lead pack would pit, and this would cause an issue on the restart for West. Being on some very old tyres on the inside, at least, caused an issue when he spun up his tyres on the restart, meaning we were soon back under caution. The final dash to the end saw Foster and Gallagher battling it out, but it was Foster who would take the win, with Gallagher in second, third for Danny G, fourth for Maddie Raymond, who had gained 19 positions, uh, as, as well as Danny G, and Brenton West managed to come home in fifth, despite that little accident. A special note for Josh Micklemore, who came home seventh after going a lap down for his penalty, and had to and had to fight his way back. And of course, to our very own Peter Wilkinson for his first top ten, top twenty finish in the Anscar series with P18. Congratulations on that. Next, we head to round one of the chase. The Darlington throwback round saw many drivers choosing to wear some real great paint schemes from the past to celebrate motorsports history. But of course, the big news was round one of the chase. Now, if you're new to NASCAR, the chase is the final part of the championship where the top 10 drivers in the regular season are locked into the title battle. The winner of the championship will get a point advantage ev over every other driver. After that, there is a point separating the drivers behind him. Neil Pearson would take pole, starting off his chase a great way. The race would run for eight laps until a huge smash would see a few of the chase contenders having a poor start to their season when a car lost control mid-pack. Luke Traher was an early out and not having the start he would want for the chase, along with Micklemore, Danny G and Matty Ray. After the early accident, however, we would run green to lap 106. The race was fast and furious and close, all with a round of green flag stops in the mix, made it must-watch action. Pearson and Gallagher would fight for first all night long until we saw a yellow fall after contact between leader Gallagher and lapped car Stockton. The second caution saw the field take new boots and fill up on fuel and get ready for the next 50 laps of action. But an accident between Russell and Danny G would see us under yellow once more. The field would use this excuse to grab uh, some new rubber. With 10 to go, Foster and Pearson were on the front, and it would be Foster making the mistake of spinning his tyres this time on the restart. This brought out us under caution for number four of the night. With the pack so close, few cars got few cars got damaged, but luckily most were not up to full speed, meaning they didn't get the worst of it. This led us to a DPR domination with chase drivers Pearson 
and Dyson taking first and second, their teammate Philip Wally in third. Despite his best efforts trying to snag the prize for the Grand Slam, Michael Skirlock could not do better than fourth, being beaten out by the DPR cars, and Joshua Carroll Walton finished fifth. Remember, the chase is not won on the first race, but winning it makes it a heck of a lot easier. Here's how it stands after round one. Pearson is in the lead. Second is Dyson, 11 off the leading uh, driver. 13 points down is Jason Martin. 14 is Gallagher. 17, Joshua Carroll Walden. 19 for Foster. 20 for Skurlock. 25 for Matty Ray. Micklemore, 27. Danny G, 31. And Traher, 40 behind. Next week, we head to Richmond for the Thunder and the Cup on Wednesday and Thursday. We can catch all the action live on FGM Ecast, your place for pace as ever. A huge thank you to the lads on uh, Locked On iRacing for bringing you information for the best Aussie sim racing action. I'm as ever Carl Withy, and I will see you next time. Back to you, chaps. Bye bye. Thanks for that, Carl. You're absolutely legend. And stop shouting me out for getting top 20s. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, um, that was uh, Anscar. Looking forward to this week, what's coming up. Uh, but we've also had Ozpass happen in the last couple of days. So Tim, or the last couple last week. So Tim Harris is going to bring us all the action from ha- the radical wildcard round uh, from Ozpass last week. Take it away, Tim. Hey guys, and welcome to this week's coverage of the Ozpass Pro Am Sim Series, proudly brought to you by series sponsors: Computer Technology Corporation (CTC), Simrigs.com, HJ Plant Repairs, Phoenix Smokers, and 93PC. For round nine of the championship, the 41 car field descended on Oran Park for what was to be the final wildcard round of the series. And to make it one that was to be remembered, the team decided that the Radical SR8 would be the vehicle of choice around the tight, twisty and very unforgiving Oran Park circuit. While the format was officially two 20-minute sprint races, a lot of the drivers actually called the session three 20-minute sprint races with 41 cars taken to the field for qualifying and the leaders doing 59 second lap times. Getting out of the pits without impeding another driver once the session started would become almost impossible. The Radicals also taking a few laps to warm up the tyres on the short and challenging Grand Prix circuit would mean that the drivers that stayed out the longest would succeed. However, with the maximum of 12 laps counting towards your qualifying position, the fury of early activity would end up with a rather clear track for those smart enough to hold off and set the fast time at the end of the session. After the session was complete, familiar names would litter the top 10. Jack Boyd qualifying on pole with a 59.3 second lap over Shane Van Gisbergen's 59.4. Matt Cartleone in third position, with Maverick Benson, Joshua Fitt, Jordan Peter, Scott Cray, Ross Rizzo, Dennis Gatterick, and John Merritt all in the 59.8 second bracket. It was decided that the races would be rolling start, hopefully taking away a bit of the start line pain. However, that all just ended up with more speed into turn one and turn two. Those who managed their bravery and patience with a splash of luck were able to take the spoils, with Shane Van Gisbergen holding out Jack Boyd by 0.01 of a second over Matt Catleone. Jeff Connell, the only zero stopper, managing to save the three leaders that the other drivers were having to stop for a top up to bring himself home in fourth place over Maverick Benson, Jack Wittes, Scott Cray, Joshua Fitt, Dennis Katerik and Ross Rizzo. The biggest mover in the 20 lap affair being Aaron Lawler of grid 34 ending up with 15th position which given the top 15 invert for the feature race would Aaron Lawler 
on P1 with an angry field bearing down on him. The mixed up order causing some mischiefs in the first couple of laps as the field sorted themselves out, with Phil Orty being the only driver with the Zero X race, showing just how hard everyone was charging. After starting in 6th position, Ross Rizzo was able to use some fuel saving and track placement to his advantage, running home finally with a 2.7 second lead over Shane Van Gisbergen, Jack Boyd following another 6 seconds behind as the leaders spread themselves out more through the second race. When the 20 minutes was done, 28 cars were still on the lead lap, with the rest of the top 10 being... Adam Funslow, Maverick Benson, Lachlan Capel, Jack Wittes, Jordan Peter, Michael Fabian and Richard Brookfield. With drop rounds coming into play, Shane Van Gisbergen would find himself at the top of the pro-class standings once again. Followed closely by Jack Boyd, Ross Rizzo, Jack Wittes and Luke Turner. With defending champion Jeff Connell moving into sixth place. The top four in the amateur championship remained unchanged with Daniel Webster, Capel, Andrews, Harris. However, the drop rounds allowed Dale Carpenter to bump up two spots into fifth position over Daniel Cheney, as the drivers were able to discard their points from their two worst rounds. With round 10 scheduled to take place on the Chicago street circuit back in the GT3 cars, the organisers decided at the conclusion of the Oran Park round that perhaps a more open venue might be suitable given the high participation rate that the series is still receiving. In a swing probably as far away as you can get from the Chicago street circuit, the Le Mans 24-hour circuit was, was drafted in at the conclusion of Tuesday night's Oran Park race, giving the competitors plenty of notice to get up to speed. Again, the ballasts were revised with the Ferrari dropping 5 kilos to zero, a 2 kg weight reduction for the Porsche, 2 kgs positive to total of 24 for the BMW, with the Lamborghini GT3 Evo doing its best lockdown impersonation and, and gaining another 5 kilograms, totaling 32 extra kilograms for the long straights of the Le Mans circuit. With high speeds drafting and big braking zones, it should be an action-packed show. So make sure you head over to FGM Ecast and check out the broadcast 7.45 Australian Eastern Standard Time on a Tuesday. Until then. Thanks that, Tim. You're an absolute legend. And you're doing an absolute great job. Uh, the best photo I've seen of a Milo radical getting flipped in the air that I, in a long time. So thank you for doing that uh, and not doing a lock-on car. Uh, so that is a week of racing, iRacing in particular, wrapped up. You've got your news. You've got your results. You've heard from the one Carl, or Carl with you, because he's a legend, but you've heard from Mike from OSR about all the controversies that happened. We've brought everything to you. If we've missed anything, hit us up. Help us out. Do whatever you can. If you made it this far, thank you so much. You're an absolute legend because this is one of the longest podcasts we're going to put out in a long time. <laughs> um, apologies for that. We will work around this. and Let us know what you think of it. I just want to hear from people. That'd be great. Um, Braden, thank you for, for putting up with me for this long. Uh, it's been a night. Uh, where can people find you, mate? And what do you got coming up? Yeah, um, can always head over twitch.tv slash the1dwait, catch any of the streams. I must admit, I've been a bit slack the last couple of weeks. I haven't actually streamed the SNL race. Um, just wasn't really feeling up to it, to be honest. And um, so I've been a bit bit slack. I actually didn't stream at all last week. So I'll try my best to get uh, something together on the weekend. Um, and if you want to hear me talking about anything sport-related or anything else related, uh, you can hit me up on Braden Talks, probably talking about how good my football team is going this week. Gosh, get around the power into a prelim final. You beauty. Uh, I don't want to hear about it. When's the footy season over again? Is that next week? Uh, yeah, i got a few more weeks. 
Got a few more weeks. No, for power I'm talking about. Uh, uh, we got a week off, mate. We're that good. We get a rest. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, thank you for everyone who listened. Like I said, uh, you can find myself at Locked On Lads on Twitch, Locked On Lads on Facebook, streaming Wednesday, Thursday nights at the moment. Hopefully some more content coming soon. Uh, you can find us on Locked On Lads YT for YouTube. You can also find us in the Discord, lockedonlads.com slash Discord. Come on, join us. There's lots of good fun in there. There's lots of things happening. Uh, it will make you hungry with all the meat that's being shown in that channel as well. Uh, so pop in, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I know it's locked on lads, but we have ladesses as well in there. So definitely join us. Uh, until next week, thank you for being awesome. Shout out to those sponsors, CD Cintography, 24-7 Race Control, uh drive sorry brains put me right off uh driveclub.net.au and uh brewster coffee if i didn't say that already what 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 are you gonna say i was gonna give my old man a shout out he's uh on the long drive back from uh queensland for work back to sa so hopefully he's listening to this in the car or something and give him a little smile uh he's a legend mr martin you are a legend just sorry about Brayden. Have a good <laughs> week all. We'll talk to you later. See you later. Bye. Drive safe, drive fast.